everyone and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, the DC Comics podcast. This is episode 197. I am Peter and I'm joined as always by Matt. Hey, what's going on? My shoulder really hurts. The returning Matt, actually. Matt was uh, absent yeah. last week. Hell the Conquering Hero. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, is <laughs> also here getting into the booze immediately. I, I remembered that I forgot to pour before we started. So, uh, but he says he doesn't have a problem. Let, literally, hey, I'm on holiday. <laughs> Screw you. Literally, the first thing we heard coming from Connor's mic was the sound of the the cork coming out of the bottle. <laughs> I am on leave. This is the this is a, a Saturday night. It is the first Saturday night in, in God knows how long where I'm not in on the next Sunday because I usually work every Sunday. So, screw you all. It's the first Saturday in a while. He's not completely smashed. <laughs> no, I, I usually don't drink much on Saturdays because I work every Sunday. So, uh, oh, uh, so I usually can only have like you know one or two. All Funk. right. Well, uh, <laughs> I was such a disappointing cork, actually. I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed. No, it sounded pretty good. good. Yeah, it was, it was close to the mic, so it picked up well enough. Okay, so this is a DC Comics podcast. We talk comics every week. You know, we get together, we talk about DC's comics, uh, newest releases that we're interested in, at the very least. Uh, coming up on this week's show, we have the huge Flash number 750. We have Strange Adventures issue 1. We have Superman Villains issue 1. Batman 90, Justice League 42, and Lois Lane number 9. Unless I've missed any, but I didn't check before we started. Uh, uh, but I have a question. Why are you not putting the Black Label books at the end, you savage? Uh, because Strange Adventures is big enough that it gets a premium slot. You that, savage. That's, that's, my, that's my, my ruling. It's fair. And it's a number one. We usually lead with number ones, right? Like... I mean, Black Label has still been going to the last sort of section, even if it's been a number one. But, you know, like, Mr. Miracle was like a huge, you know, headliner when that was coming out. This is a spiritual successor. It just it made sense to put it. No, no it doesn't. You're, you're just breaking the rules for no reason. Uh, this is unacceptable. So yes, uh, bit of housekeeping before we get going. Um, I want to just uh, apologise to people who listened to the audio version last week. There was a weird glitch on the audio file uh, where the last like fifty minutes of it was missing. It was just like quiet at the end for what some did you reason. Do? Oh, I actually didn't do anything. I don't even know what caused it, but. The weird thing is that I thought I fixed it because I re-uploaded the file, I checked the file, it was okay, I re-uploaded it, and seemingly, because the file name was still technically the same, somehow Podbean, our, our audio podcast host, was still finding the original version that was missing the the, 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 the last chunk, so I had to rename the file so, so that when I re-uploaded it for the, the third time, it took the, the change and was then fixed. So, uh, it did get fixed, so you can, if you don't, obviously you're done it now, you'll be fine with it, but... Uh, it was a weird anomaly last week, so uh, that is uh, that is that. Uh, but uh, that's, that's pretty much it. So uh, we got some news to talk about. Uh, obviously, we have not a big number of books, but obviously a couple of them are quite big. <laughs> Flash seven fifty in particular is quite meaty. Uh, so it should be a fun show. Dead yeah. silence from the, the, the well, well, ultimate. No, just expect you to carry on. <laughs> I'll be honest. I don't think either of us actually listen to you at this part of the show. We just kind of let you ramble on and sit here until you're done. Does that mean we should do more sales figures? No. I'll find some sales figures. I don't know what sales figures would be for, but I'll find some. I'll find some sort of sales figures. Maybe maybe I can get like book sales figures for, for graphic novels <laughs> or something. <laughs> Because they don't go through diamond, they go through something else. Maybe we could find the uh, 
No? Mm, nah, we're good. Okay. Just check it. Thought I'd check. Uh, so, yeah. So, we got some big stuff. So, this, uh, this episode's going to start with a, a bit of a rant, actually. Uh, which... Is this one that I can get on board with, if it's what I suspect it is? I, I'm pretty sure it is. This is one that only affects the European side uh, of our listeners. Uh, but it's rather a big deal if you read comics digitally. Because overnight this week, from Wednesday to Thursday, Comixology in the UK and all of Europe, I understand. At first I thought it was just the UK, because apparently Brexit's at least partially to blame for this. But the rest of Europe's been hit with the same thing. Uh... The digital prices for comic books, not just DC, all comic books, skyrocketed. They almost doubled in price overnight. And I don't yeah. even know what to say about that. It, uh, Basically, they took the, we, they had a set conversion rate that they used from you know, the dollars to euro, pound, or whatever applicable currency for anyone else in, in Europe. Um, and they had that. And then they kind of just went, ah, screw it, one-to-one. -one. Yeah, we'll just change the symbol. Uh when that's not how <laughs> conversion rates work. So, this is the thing. See, if it went up a little bit, I wouldn't have, like... I mean, I, obviously, I wouldn't have been happy about it, because price increases are price increases, but if it went up 25 pence, or maybe even 50 pence, right? Let's say it went from 250, because what's happened here is that a regular 399 book was 250, and is now 4. <laughs> like, that's what's happened. Right? Yeah. If it had just went up, like, 25p or 50p up to the £3 mark, it would have sucked, but I'd have been like, okay, you know what? Everything's going up after Brexit. I should have expected it. It's whatever. But this is ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's unreal that my shop is cheap. Because, like, okay, just in context, I, I use, like, a, a local independent store, not a chain, because uh, probably over half of the, of the comic stores in the UK are chain stores of some sort, and they tend to have the, the cheapest prices. Um, I use a you know a local one, and they did put their prices up over a year ago now um, because of Brexit. You know where Diamond basically said to them, "Hey everyone, we're going to charge you more because uh, because of the conversion rate." Yeah, and Which... it was understandable. And uh, you know I elected to you know carry on buying my books even though it was more expensive than than digital because I, I like that store and also. I, I expect, I, I can appreciate that, that uh, you know, a tangible physical product that has printing costs, distribution costs, and then the store costs has, you know, it should be more expensive than, oh, here's a digital file. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, here's the thing. I So I immediately looked into physical books <laughs> after this because it's, this is the thing. It's not just that it's cheaper than some places. Digital books now in the UK are now more expensive than anywhere that sells physical comic books there is not a single physical comic book seller in the uk that is now not cheaper than the digital equivalent um and just for the price increase like the place that i used to use which i'm going back to um i noticed their prices have been up 15 pence since i last used them so that's that's what happened after after the, you know the brexit increase was 15 pence at this physical place not one pound fifty <laughs> which yeah. is more than half of what the comic cost in the first place <laughs> for context uh, in my store before the price increase it used to be about three pound ten um i think it was or, or maybe 320 um as opposed to the two pound 50 on comiXology which so i was already you know paying that extra but i was okay with that and um it, the, then when diamond gave them this notice they put them up there so a 399 book now cost me three pound 65 in my store um 
which is still like one of the most expensive places I've found. Honestly, it's it is more expensive than anywhere else I could buy them from. But I choose to go there because I like the, st- the the store. Uh, yet now they're still cheaper than Comixology. <laughs> yep. So I guess I'm buying some physical books again. Um, yeah, I've I've been like impulse buying like a, a trade or two in pretty much every single sale that's gone on for the last six months. You know the the weekly sales on on Comicsology on the DC hell, sales. I've been doing that for years in Comicsology. Oh, you know, but like consistently, like yeah. every week, I'll buy like one or two things, and you know, just building up the library and stuff like that. Um, because because of how much they cost, they were like uh, it came down to like two ninety nine or three. I think it was uh, or three ninety nine, depending on which one you got. Uh, now they're like six pound, and I'm just like, no, nope, there, go, there goes that. No more impulse buys. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I mean that's good. You gotta get it under control. Oh but yeah, but... sure. But it was it wasn't at a point where it was like bad. No. It was like, oh, okay, I, I can afford one or two every week. I kind of a lot. Yeah, yeah I mean, don't get me wrong. Six for a sale price for a trade is fine if you know you want it because it's okay. That's a good right. price to get the thing to read it. But oh, you're talking to the guy that got his uh, Barnes and Noble. A membership revoked by his wife because <laughs> any time there was buy two get one i was like i'm getting one for free she's like yeah but you're also spending 40 dollars." i'm like yeah but i'm getting one for free <laughs> so I, I i get it um so i mean that's where a lot of that stack behind me that's unread comes from yeah um so i was hoarding it's super frustrating, and, and you know what? And it may impact us a little bit. I mean, I, we haven't I haven't really spoken to Connor about it yet, but there's a you know we were planning on bringing Elsewhere back, which was us reading some non DC books, and I look at this and go, I don't know, I'm kind of reconsidering now, yeah. <laughs> because like this is the thing, like this is a price increase for me, no matter what. Like I, yes, okay, I'm buying a lot of books for uh, physical again to save money, but it's still more expensive than it was before when I was buying everything yeah. digitally, and it was a reasonable price digitally. So, yep. you know, so it's this rough. I just wanted to complain about it. Yeah, no, it, was, it was handled sure. pretty shittily, I think, in, in that they just kind of put it up overnight. Uh, when people ask them about it on Twitter, like their support page, like, oh, hey, is this a glitch? Thinking that maybe there was some something lost in translation because it was the same price as the, the dollars. Right. And, you know, it was just, hey, maybe there's something going wrong. And they're like, no, this is the price. And no explanation, no statement, no nothing. Um, I don't know how they're handling it for people with the subscriptions on Comixology because mm. um, I don't know if I, I don't think they're notifying them that it's changed. Um, I know our friend James said he didn't get a notification that his had changed. He just happened to check because I yeah. brought it up. I mean, I will say this: at least they changed it after uh, the that the week's books came out because. Yeah. The, the way it works is you get charged on the Wednesday morning when they give you your books, basically. So, at the very least, people do have the week, you know, assuming this news gets to them, to go and cancel the subs and make yeah, that choice. That's the problem. I think the people who put the subs on quite often are the people who are not going to be checking every week mm. in the store because they're like, well, I know what I'm getting. It's just going to show up on my account. I don't need to go and look at it. Yeah, I mean, to put this in perspective, let's say you're getting four books next week and you've not realised the prices went up. You were expecting to pay £10 for your four books. Instead, you'll be paying 16 for your four books. Uh, so it's a pretty huge increase that adds up really yeah. quickly. Really, really yeah. quickly. Um, so, yeah, um, I'll be buying physical books if, again. That's where we're at now. At, at your guys' shops, do they offer, like, a if you have a pull box, you get a percentage off? Because mine does. So, no, no, no percentage uh, off from mine. Um, my my shop does other things where um, 
I, I know Pete mentioned his had a, a deposit thing that, that for, yeah. for some places. Mine doesn't do anything like that. It does have like a, a lending library service where they have like a, a selection of like you know fifty graphic novels or whatever, and you can you know yeah. have one of them on loan at any point. Yeah, my my because there's one shop that's really local to me. There's one that's further away that I can go to, but it'd be a bit of a trek, which is why I'm just going to get them uh, mailed to me. <laughs> but right. um, but the one that's close to me, I would love to just go in. I'd, I'd love to saunter in on Wednesday and pick up books and browse and whatnot. However. Uh, they have an insane deposit policy when it comes to a pillbox, where you have to have a deposit for every single series you're sub to. Uh, basically, they're they're clearly just terrified of people not picking up books, and they want to make sure yeah. that you're uh, you're doing it. Uh, but other shops don't go that extreme, so I just can't get on board with it. It's just too much. Yeah, and there are, there are some places that will like take your card details, so that if you just decide you're not going to show up and pay for it, they will charge you for those books that you have not mm. paid for. <laughs> And be like, hey, no, you know, you can just tell us if you want to stop, but if you just don't come in after like, you know, two months, we're just going to charge you for the stuff that we've been ordering that you asked for. Um, so I, I do know there are stores that do that. Um, again, I, mine doesn't do anything of the sort. Yeah, and that was the other thing is that it didn't sound like there was going to be any attempt either to try and like give you the books because obviously there's the, the delay of like you know books are solicited, then you've got the final order cut off, and then so technically they're only ordering books for you two months away if it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, the, the way it's they've always worded it is that it always sounds like the local shop I have won't even try and like give you the books before then. They'll just no, you start getting your books in two months because that's what we've ordered for. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, really? Oh no. <laughs> My story is much, much better. If if I go in and they've already ordered, right? Like, I don't know what books are coming out next week, but there's there's something coming out next week that I've been getting on a regular basis for the last you know year. And I've just decided after this last issue, do you know what? I don't want it. I haven't told my shop yet because I haven't been in. Um, I've only just read it today, for example. I'll go in on Wednesday and say, hey, guys, sorry, I, I don't want to get that book anymore. They'll go, sure, no problem. Stick it back on the shelf. Sell yeah. that whenever. That, that's it. Yeah. End of story. Yeah, so I don't know. It it really sucks. Um, it's just something we're just gonna have to deal with. Um, but hey, so yeah. <laughs> it it was just just really shit to find out one day. Just like what what the hell? Now everything's costing a significant amount more. Yeah, I'd yeah. be pissed too. If this affected me, I'd be super upset because at least with the physical book, you're getting something. Yeah, right? I mean. Like, to put, I mean, it's basically, I mean, to just sort of give you the difference, it's kind of like, Matt, if all of a sudden all your $4 books didn't go up to 5 they went up to $6 instead. Right, right. <laughs> they, they, skipped a, they skipped an increase and went straight to another one. I'd, I'd be calling for someone's head. Like, you know, like these, uh, these $8 books that we've been getting, these big ones? Yeah. Uh, those used to cost £5.50, and now they cost £8. It's, it's, it's huge, staggering increases on these books. That is just... It, it it puts me off buying stuff. Uh, yeah, when I when I look at oh hey what's coming up, I'm like yeah, maybe I don't want that anymore. In fact, actually, here's a better way to put it: the single issues now, the three net and nine single issues now cost more for us to buy than the the trade just to be on sale. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that's how much of a difference it is. Uh, so the value just seems absolute garbage. And if if I'm at the point where it's either paying four for a digital book or three for the physical equivalent, but have the physical book and get the the arguably better experience, which I think it is, uh, then I may as well just get the physical book. I'm not saving money anymore by going for digital. I'm losing money by going digital. The, the only thing you're losing now is is space. But honestly, do you know the worst thing about this that really upsets me is that it makes me regret 
having bought so much in Comixology previously, because now, like, at least right now, I feel like I'm never going to add to it now, because I don't want to buy stuff there anymore. I mean, maybe I'll get some trades still, because the trades aren't necessarily terrible value on any of themselves, right? You know, you know, when if a trade I want goes on sale, it's still a relatively good value for, you know, the, the 10 issues if it's, you know, £6, right? Mm-hmm. That's fine. But, like, I don't want to add to my collection on Comixology now. Like, the prices are just too ridiculous. Mm, so, so it just it makes the whole thing feel a bit murky. Uh, oh, but obviously, I still have access to everything I've already bought. But like, uh, you yeah, know. it's it's funny because we've been doing obviously uh, previously in the multiverse recently. We started that, and I've been using my uh, DC Universe subscription to read probably the vast majority of the stuff on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was something where I'd like, oh well, if if stuff comes up, you know, if a sale comes up on. I don't know, we just started a, a Batgirl, the, the Stephanie Brown run. If a sale comes up, okay, I could buy both those volumes. Now I'm like, oh, eh, shit, I'll bother. So just you know, just keep keep reading on DC Universe like I'm doing anyway. Yeah, previously won't be affected by this because it's all old books, which, and for the most part for me, I own most of them anyway, already. Yeah, yeah that not, was one of the things. You guys were asking me yeah. for story ideas and it had to be stuff that was accessible, right? Yeah. He's like, oh, I already have that. I already have that. So, it was, yeah. Yeah. And if not, then DC Universe is a good option to to make it, you know, a a cost-effective way of reading that stuff. Uh, So, yeah. Yeah. We'll move on, but goddamn, that was a nasty surprise on Thursday this week. Uh, So, yeah, we do have a couple of bits of news uh, before we dive dive into books. Uh, nothing super exciting, couple of delays really. Uh, so, first up, this one's kind of funny actually. Birds of Prey, the one shot by Brian Azzarello, has once again been delayed. It's been delayed for three more weeks and is now scheduled for April 22nd, but we'll see if that actually happens. Do you know what? I joked about this when they delayed it last time because I said, oh, they, they delayed it past the release of the movie. And I said, oh, if they keep delaying it, maybe they'll hit the, the home video release. And honestly, they're getting close. <laughs> like, if they just put it when, back one more month. When is the home video release for this? It can't be far off that. I would say May. It's probably going to be early May. Early mid-May is probably when the home release is going to be. There's probably not even a date announced yet for it, but that's typically I'm just, just looking to see window. if there is... Uh... Three months is about the, the typical window. It is, isn't it? That sounds about right. Um, there was news three days ago of release art, uh, home release art, so maybe there's a date? I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, if they push it back just two or three more weeks, <laughs> they'll make that, that home video release date. Mm. so hey that's what it is um yeah this was originally meant to be out last october although when it, at that point it was meant to be an ongoing series and then it changed to a mini and then it changed to one shot uh, so there's been some like expectation of the delay to oh now we've got to accommodate for finishing the entire thing essentially because it's still quite a big one shot yeah but it was it was solicited as a one shot for like what february and then it's been pushed multiple yeah. times since so yeah that is that. Uh, and then the other things that have been kind of uh, affected here. Uh, DC's cancelled orders for the final two issues of both Batman v's Ra's al Ghul and Inferior 5. And it says look for res- resolicitations, but there's no actual new dates. So they're going to resolicit the last two issues of both of those series. Keep in mind, Inferior 5 is the book that was supposed to be 12 issues and was cut down to 6. Right. And now it's final two issues of that 6-issue version have now been delayed indefinitely. Batman v. Ra's al Ghul is the Neil Adams miniseries. 
uh whether or not these these are related in any way like you know is the delay for both the same reason or is it just like neil adams is behind so that's delayed for that reason and then inferior five is something I, I else. suspect it's because they had to completely rewrite and redraw yep. everything in these two issues from scratch for in, yeah for inferior, yeah, inferior five cut it short yeah for yeah. inferior five yes but not for batman v no. Fazal girl no, no idea what's going on with that one. I, I suspect they'll still happen. This it's just kind of like what happened with uh, Shazam, where they kept delaying it, kept delaying it, kept delaying mm. it, and they were like, All right, "Fine, we'll just cancel it and we'll resolicit when we're when we're yeah. you know ready." I think the difference is though is I imagine the sales on both these books are vastly inferior to uh, to Shazam, just because uh, probably. Yeah. I mean, it, these it, maybe not won't even get a trade. Yeah, Inferior Five, like I think, basically debuted at like nothing, you know comparatively yeah. speaking so uh it sucks uh, if you've been enjoying those but uh delays on those two books uh, that's all i had news wise i don't know if there's anything else uh, that i missed yeah i got a couple more delays oh, go on. um uh legion of superheroes 5 is now uh slipped three weeks from the 4th of march to the 25th of march so that was supposed to be this week um it's pushed all the way to the 25th Oh, so it's now a, a late month book. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, and Metal Men Six slipped from 18th to the 25th, so that's stacking up on on, on week four that, there. That's because Dan Didio's uh, he's, he's drowning his sorrows this past week. He's not had time to write. <laughs> 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 he's, 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 he's just he's listening to country music and just crying his eyes out. Yeah. Um. One more. Doom Patrol: Weight of the Worlds, issue seven. The final issue of that has uh, slipped again. It's now the 8th of April. Sure, Jan. Yeah, yeah, we'll see about that. Um, a couple of other little bits of news, actually, though. Um, so, uh, Wildcats, that reboot that Warren Ellis was doing, that was solicited a long time ago, and then so that, got that's spinning out of his Wild Storm. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah, uh, that has been cancelled. Um, uh, yeah, Ellis kind of. I don't know where he said it. Uh, it was a blog post. Um, there was a bit of um, miscommunication. He kind of said that, oh, the artist didn't want to draw it after all, and, you know, attempts to find a replacement were unsuccessful. Uh, the artist responded saying, you know, he wasn't told it was cancelled. This is the first he was hearing about it. Um, and he, he said, you know, he was late. He was going through some stuff, and he was trying. But uh, obviously, it, it got too late, and, and the editors made a call. And um, that's a shame, because the last we heard about this was, like, last August. With Ellis saying that, uh, oh yeah, we're going to resolicit it at a later date, and he'd already written like two full scripts and treatments for the rest of it, um, but no, nope, apparently not. Yeah, I had a friend that was wondering when that was coming out, uh, and I was talking to him on Wednesday, and then this happens. Yeah, yeah. Dang. Uh, couple more little things as well. Um, we will apparently be getting some sort of mini pop-up imprint. Uh, from Sean Murphy in the form of the uh, the White Knight Murphy verse. Um, oh, yeah, just so, will just so you can keep pumping out more White Knight related stuff <laughs> as much as his heart well, content. Fine, fine by me, keep it coming. Yeah, I know. Apparently, uh, DC has approached him and asked if if it's okay if we can do this. Um, basically, he'll be writing the kind of outlines for these various minis that will be happening, and you know setting up uh dc will be setting up the the writer and artist teams and, and there'll be a kind of a handoff and kind of letting them do what they want within the outlines of the story um be called the murphy verse uh stay tuned for books on harley nightwing and batgirl um uh, so we can expect all of those at some point in the future okay yeah. okay cool, cool. yeah we'll give them a try give them a try 
I have to say as well, I was actually expecting to get the solicits this week. I know it's a little bit early in the month to what we usually do, but we got a couple of things that DC was teasing that felt like we were leading up to solicits. Like they put out the, the June no, solicits. Well, they put out the final solicits for uh, Jimmy Olsen and Lois Lane. Yeah, but it's just still too early. I mean, this is week one. Uh, no, I know. Uh, and it's usually week two, but I just thought, well, I don't know what's going on. Um, because they did put out the actual solicits for those, which was weirdly early. And they kind of announced this uh, this June um, Joker Harley Criminal Sanity Secret Files one-shot, yep. um, which is interesting. It's getting an actual, you know, forensic psychiatrist to profile their version of the Joker. Uh, I, I'm not sure the form that that's going to take place. I don't know if it's going to feel like it's just reading like the the files, or if it's going to be telling some sort of narrative with it. I, I have no idea. I'm sure they'll give cases. This is how I would think they will show acts of the Joker, right, and have him profile. You know. Doesn't that is that in the story? Yeah, you know? I can kind of see this being Harley going breaking down on this is the profile of the Joker and kind of explaining right. it for the team essentially. Right, because they've done that on a crime podcast that I've listened to. So like, I listened to one about the the Black Dahlia murder and how this writer thinks that it was actually a series of murders around that same time in LA. Well, they brought in an actual FBI profiler who debunked that, and it was really interesting based off of the evidence that was there. So, but that's how they went. They went over the certain cases. He matched, you know, this is what I saw here. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this. I'm liking this book. So if, if it's not a packed week, I plan on checking it out. Yeah, I'm liking the book too. So I'll, I'm in, I'm in for it. No, that's everything. All right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. It's just weird. We've had such big news the last couple of weeks. It's weird to just have a couple of delays and uh, there's some minor things. Uh, but hey, uh, so yeah, I guess we'll uh, I guess we'll get onto the books. So obviously we're going to start off then with the Flash issue 750. This is one of the big specials. I thought it was going to be 100 pages, although I'm pretty sure it was only like 80 something. Because uh, it was 80. Yeah, because the, the the contents page. I was like, wait, that's not 100 pages. Nope. Yeah, and the price. Because I went fair. over my budget. Uh-huh. I, think, I think it was solicited as like a 96 page. I thought they all were originally. I don't know if anything got you know, scrapped at the last minute. Who knows? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but obviously, well, we'll tell you the, the creators as we go, because obviously different stories, different different teams, all that jazz. Uh, first story, yeah. of course, is the main story. This is, you know, the next start of the next arc for the main Flash book uh, with Williamson writing. Interesting, because Matt's not read the last couple of issues. Uh, so choose no, but I, I listened to you guys talk about it. So yeah. I was kind of familiar. I, I don't like this Paradox character. Um, it, it's just one more strike on Williamson. But then we'll, we'll talk about it later where I had my faith restored in him. Sure. Just not on just not on Barry Allen. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. I'm mad that he killed Commander Cold because it seems like that's it, it was all off screen. And it reeks of some kind of change, because uh, at least I'm just projecting, right? Like no, I, I'm I'm with you. He's building I, him up. Vaguely remember the death, but it didn't feel like a big deal at the time. No, it, it felt like there was going to be some sort of swirl. I kind of feel like how we did with the the Alfred one. In Alfred, a way. Right, right. And then this here, like, oh wait, we had the burial already. What we missed the funeral? What, well, what's going on? And this is this has been my big 
issue with Williamson on the flash over the last year or so, he puts these big ideas on as almost cliffhangers. And then in a panel in the next issue, it's solved. Right. Mm. So the last time I read flash, Barry couldn't control the speed force. Well, here in one throwaway panel, Oh, he had Pied Piper fix the harmonics. Yeah. Well, then why introduce it? Period. Like, if you're not going to do something with the story, it feels like it's just fluff, or it's there for shock value. You know, it was. I mean, it was there as a as an obstacle in that one arc, and presumably because it's still kind of lingering in the back. Because he says he has to be careful, so presumably it's going to pop up somehow at some point. That he has limitations, right. but um, and that's so- fine. You you want your heroes to be limited somehow, and. When he's the fastest man alive, you know, well, but I just, yeah, go ahead, Pete. Um, well, this was funny. Is you start off with such a sort of negative tangent to this. Uh, I actually am a bit more positive on this than I have been the Flash in a while. I this is probably easily the best Williamson's written Flash in probably a year. Uh, it's, it's funny because I actually agree overall this is the best the Flash has felt. Yeah, I do agree. You know, there are fundamental problems like... Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, pipe pipe. Uh, just just solve it off screen and and cold. Being like, oh yeah, we we buried him. Funeral well, happens, yeah, it's fine. Uh, these like, are all these are all kind of lingering things from the previous arcs, though. Like like you say, the feeling of the overall thing feels much more in line with what I want a flashback to feel like. Like that's the whole story here, being that Iris has been going around interviewing people about what the flash means to them and what he's done yeah, for them. Yeah, that was that like, was real nice. Yeah, I, I saw that. But yeah, I like yeah. that. I like that a lot. And then, um, like yeah, I mean the the, the actual conflict. You know, Godspeed shows up. Uh, Iris kind of teases she's got two surprises, which obviously I think all has all has all of us thinking. Uh, twins, perhaps is that is that what the two surprises are? It runs it runs in the Flash family. It so. Apparently does. Uh, but you know, so that's all fine. Um, you know, the I think generally speaking, the arts a little bit better than it's been as well recently. Uh, uh, yeah, I did feel the switching the split, artist a little bit. Yeah, because it felt like Sandoval was doing the regular, you know, stuff, and then these big two page spreads. Were the other artists who I'm drawing a blank on right now? Segovia. Segovia, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, but yeah, I just, ah, oh, this book, I love The Flash so much. And I like, I don't know, a lot of these, I, I appreciate the fact that he's trying to do different things. Like he's not just running things back, but like when I got to the end and they teased this, you know, next event, The Flash Age, not event, but big story. And I saw Turtle there, and, like, I just don't want to, you know. But I agree with Pete that the and, and Connor about the the story of what the Flash meant. I thought that was really nice. Like, uh, it, it is good I to, think to have all that there. I like that. I like that he's back at work, actually, as a CI. Having him do something normal and feel a bit more grounded again, I, I think, helps a lot with what's been missing with this book. Um, so generally speaking, this felt like what I want a flashback to feel like, and I've definitely, I definitely like this this story way more than I have anything else recently. Him speeding off when he's talking to Sing, when he's looking at stuff in the lab, just little moments like that, you know, getting, yeah, well, you know gra- gra- grabbing Rain- Rainbow Raider, Rainbow and all that Raider stuff. which as soon as I saw all the crystal stuff, I go, "This better pay off to be Rainbow Raider," and it was. So I thought that was that was real nice. Um, but yeah, but like the, that's the other thing about him working for Sing again. It was like, well. Did we ever get a resolution to the trickster stuff, him being in Iron Heights? Like, no, he just took time off. So it just, it seems to me like Williamson writes himself into a corner and is just like, oh, well, okay, I'm just going to change it when I get back. 
And I don't yeah. know. I just like more more coherent storytelling. And if this is his, you know, all you 750 is a jumping off point, I'll just course correct. You know, maybe if I hear positive things from 751, I'll come back. But as it stands now, I just, I don't know. I think my biggest problem with this issue, because I agree, like I say, it feels better. Taken on its own, it feels all right. But I can feel the course correcting happening as I'm reading it. Like, like I say, mm -hmm. the, these panels just explaining things. And even if I hadn't read the previous story, it would just feel like, oh, okay, these are what f should feel like major beats. Like As yep. much as I didn't like the last stories, if, if you're going to do those things, and uh, don't just move on. Like, like, right. don't just brush past them like, oh, we'll just forget that. Uh, okay, we're doing the Pied Piper, we're going to fix the harmonics. Give me an issue on that. You you right. want to do, you want to sell that Commander Cold was a big part of this book for, I don't know, 30, 40 issues, how many it's been? Uh, and you, you want to sell that that was a key relationship and now he's dead? Give me an issue what? for that funeral. And, and you're teasing him from the future and what his last name was and we never got it. We just got his first name was Henry, right? Yeah. So, you know, and these aren't like red herrings that are meant to lead you down a different way. These are just unresolved plot points. So, yeah, I know, I know Williams was tweeting that, that OK, though, there are clues in this that, that lead towards, you know, what he's been building to. And that if you go back to like issue like nine or something like that, there was clues in that one as well that, that ties into what's going on in this issue. And I can appreciate that there's a long game. That that still doesn't help when you just brush over key elements of your story. Well, oh, it, it seems oh. a lot like the the DC shows, in that right where they're telling an overarching story, but sometimes week to week it was unfulfilled. Yeah, sure has the Pied Paper thing. Like I don't know, was that brushed over? I thought that happened in an issue. I remember that happening. No, did it? I don't remember. Yeah, because they they brought in Pied Paper and because then he fixed the other the, the kid flashes as well. No, that was that was the whole Mirror Master stuff in the Mirror Realm. Like, they, they brought them in with, with Heatwave and Glider, and they 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 got that under control. But the Pied Piper, this is the first I've seen him in a while. Okay. Yeah, I... So... Yeah, I, I, I was guess I was just mixing things that happened I, with I, what I, it's I, telling I'm me here. I'm willing to admit that it's possible it happened in the last couple of issues, and I'm forgetting already. Um, <laughs> Which is... I, no, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to state that, but that doesn't... Uh, the... Uh, the, the stuff with cold, definitely I didn't miss that. Uh, but that, that no. should be a big impactful thing if we're going to have him die and, and, and have, okay, this, this is what it meant, not just, oh, one panel. I guess I guess the thing for me is that because I've not been liking it, like I almost I'm happy to just sweep it all under the rug, which which is annoying because if he does end up having this big long game where all of it's going to be important, it's kind of weird that parts of it just feel so throwaway and parts of it are things oh. that i want to forget because i mean so much of reading comic books sometimes is just kind of having your own continuity and just skipping certain sections because either there's a writer you don't like or there's like a plot direction you don't like um it's yeah, kind of it's kind of weird in one run to have like this 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 you know this vision from one creator who's got this big thing for a hundred issues whatever it may be but have sections within that that you don't like. And I realize saying that, that Tom King just went through the same thing with Batman, but that was more of a gradual yeah. sort of decline it, as opposed to... It feels very much like that, minus the Nightmares stuff, although you could tag in uh, year one for Nightmares, right? I like... think it's essentially what we're saying here, 
I mean, yeah, year one's the comparison, I agree. Uh, but essentially yeah. what we're saying here is that this is a pretty good Flash issue, but it, the, the only thing that's, the only problem with it is that there's weight of all these, like, things that have built up over previous arcs that we don't like, that are unresolved yeah. or have not been satisfyingly concluded. Um, I think I was just happy to not feel miserable reading The Flash, because it felt hopeful, it felt like, because as the hell's even line from Iris at one point when she says, okay, enough emo Bar- Barry, I've had enough of him. And I was like, yes! Yeah. Yes, Iris! Amen! Slap him! Because I, I remembered how much I hated negative Flash, but that was part of the point, right? Was, yeah. That's not who Barry was, and it was changing him, and then... But, yeah, for the last bunch of issues, it's just, it's gotten really off track, and... You know, I expect more out of Williamson, I guess, too, because I've enjoyed just about everything I've read out of him. Uh, so I have higher standards, I guess. And yeah. when, when these things don't, you know, play out, like I felt the same about the end of Nailbiter, where the end of Nailbiter kind of came out of left field. And then until you find out that, oh, well, he's doing a, a sequel series, that yeah. all pays off, right? So and, I, yeah, I, I know he's good at the long game. And, you know, I don't mind the, the, the actual action stuff at the end. Like, I mean, Paradox looks silly. I don't really like how it looks, but I do like the idea of someone, like the villain being obsessed with Barry changing the timeline. Like, that's what he wants to get him back for, is that he keep, every time he's changed something, uh, you know, it causes problems and he doesn't have a right to do this because he's not a god and yada, yada, yada. I'm, I actually like that motivation. Because, uh, I, I mean, when we did that last issue or the issue before last issue, whatever one was the, you know, the origin of, the, the paradox, paradox origin that was yeah. boring. Yeah, it was a conflicting issue because I actually liked the, the the idea, the motivation for it. That you know that this guy lost everything because something changed when Flash, uh, you know, altered the timeline, uh, which isn't exactly what happened to his family, but like they, they kind of had this ripple effect, and then it, every time Barry changed something, it, it made him stronger. Uh, like that motivation is actually quite interesting. Um, he looks really generic though as a comic book villain. He looks like someone took like. I don't know, one of the monitors and spawn and something Skeletal. else. Yeah. <laughs> well, and there's, there's a smashed them together. teensy bit of Darkseid and Thanos and mm-hmm. Mongol, like the big hulking brute. And I'm like, why? To me, if you have a character like this, why does he have to be this big mass of hulking? Like, just make him like a regular kind of dude. You know, I, someone... I really hate how More every step flash. he takes, he's cr- you know crushing the ground. He's not even doing yeah. it; he's yeah. stepping. He doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't need to have this big, ridiculous comic book look. He, he, he could have no. a more simple style. And I get the idea that you know maybe that maybe the whole like, affecting around him stuff could still be happening because the whole idea is that he is kind of this. You know, he's literally a paradox because he's been created. He's a break in reality. Yeah. yeah. So so I'm okay with the ground cracking to a, this extent. Um, but, but the look of him is just what too Connor's generic. Getting at, though, it looks like it's just cracking because it's under his weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah. It's, just it's, it's not. Full, it's just pressing down into. Oh yeah, they're, yeah. they're doing it as if he's a Hulk, not as if. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. Okay, I, I get it. I, like, uh, no, if it, if it was just there was like rippled cracks coming out around his foot, but his foot wasn't sinking into the concrete, I could kind of get behind that as yeah. a as a idea. Like, reality like the, fractures around him. Yeah, because he is a paradox. Like Pete said, like he he shouldn't exist. So him being here is at odds with with reality and the time stream and whatever else um, yeah and bringing you know bringing back godspeed and having like you know having this villain kind of like pet godspeed against barry i like that and the, the overall sense of like williamson's run of like that's the character that you introduced right back at the start and yep. we're still sort of pl- playing with him and using well, him in in different ways that, 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 that works for me himself, 
Yeah, when he called himself the bad boy of the Flash family, I was like, kind of like that because each group kind of needs that. Well, so he's, the, so he's, he's, the, gonna, he's the Jason, he's the Jason Todd. Todd. <laughs> yeah. Or the Guy Gardner, you know, like, so so eventually down the line, when he's not a straight villain, we can have a miniseries of Godspeed, you know, like, you know, it's kind of that jerk. And, and I think it'll be okay. Because yeah. we all know Tom, Tom Taylor made me realize that I don't hate the idea of Jason. I just hate who's writing him right now. <laughs> and who has been writing him for most of the last decade. Exactly. So... Oh, we'll get we'll get to some Liddell. We've got some Liddell later to talk about. Don't you worry. Yeah. Uh, I know. I know. <laughs> I, 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 I would hint. love to know. There is a story in this I skipped, and it wasn't the Liddell one. Wow. I felt obligated to read. That I, one. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say it was the one with the Rosmore, but we'll. we'll, yeah. we'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll so, so I will a little hint for the Liddell thing. Yes. I didn't hate it. We'll talk about, we'll talk about it. Show, we'll, talk, right now. we'll talk about it when we get there. Matt loves skipping ahead. Right? No, it's a tease. Because I want to talk about this story the most that's coming up next. No, he just wants to talk about the hockey. Oh, yeah, yeah. I want to talk about the hockey, yeah. yeah. You give Joe... me Johns and Collins writing a Flash story. And... Joe... Come on. <laughs> Joe and Matt does. Joe, Joe, my pet peeve with Matt is actually, after recording Everything. with him for, for, for years at this point, is that he loves to respond to something that one of us has just said, and then like at the end of the sentence transition into a completely new point before anyone else gets a chance to respond to what he said and it's like no yeah. now we have to be ready to go back <laughs> no, it's it's called the barry allen effect right yeah. very good yeah, yeah, yeah uh so a couple of pinups of course as these big issues often have uh howard porter doing this this uh first one here uh got the whole flash family got flash balloons flashed in the background yeah. Not a huge fan of this. It's okay. Yeah, it's not. I, I don't love it either. But um, and then we got a Doc Shainer uh, pinup. Looks pretty nifty. Oof. Do love no, that one. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Looks really. Oh, nice. it's got. It's got Boomerang Junior. It's got the the versions of Cold and Heatwave that I like. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's all got Zoom in the background there. Like, yeah. come on, what's not to love? It's yeah. nice. Yeah, all, all the villains are in just sort of gold and uh, bar or sorry, Wally's in the middle in red. Um, yep. so that was really neat um, and then the next story is the Jeff Johns story uh, with the Scott Collins art and you know it's a Captain Cold story uh, it's called Beer Run and it's about him uh, watching the ice hockey he runs out of beer yep. so he puts on his, his jacket goes to the store to uh, get some beer and some punk comes in with a gun he's like no 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 this is my corner store you leave right yeah. now This is I, I, I protect this I, I support local business you get out yeah. <laughs> but he's, he's yeah. so misunderstood because the the cashier thinks that that he's the one robbing them. And she's yeah. like, yeah, just take the money. And it's like, I just want my beer. It's like, we'll take that there. Like, yeah. And I'm going to pay. But yeah, he goes, but I'm going to pay for it because I'm a man of my word. And this is the cold that I love. Like, yeah. this is the this cold is... that we should have had for the last God knows how many years. Yeah. And the, well, that's, and it made me realize that I really just like John's is cold. Like, there's certain characters that I think that I like, like Paul Dini's Riddler. Right. I thought Riddler was my favorite Batman villain. But it turns out I just really like Paul Dini's Detective Riddler, you know, like yeah, um, it was it was so, Jones who had called in Justice League as well, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. Damn it. Yep. So the, it's the working class guy that's like, yeah, I'm a criminal, but I have a code, and and that's totally at play here. Like at the end of the day, he just wants to get back to finish watching his hockey game. And he doesn't want to be bothered by anything. Joe, I love and him. you can relate, can't yeah. you, Matt? Exactly. Joe, I love about this, though. I love that even Wally 
Yeah, because we get that one page with Wally and Linda, which, by the way, made me want more Wally and Linda and John's that Flash. Hurt. I know it hurt. hurt. Yeah, but even Wally's like, my, he just did this like before the, the, the Flash celebration just to get under my skin. Yep. It's like, there's no other reason for it, and it just cuts back to him at the end, and it's just him drinking his beer. That, that's all it was. He just wanted to go buy some beer <laughs> for his hockey game. So, so real quick, so John's has had the, the Keystone Combines, through his flash run, because I just reread that a couple years ago. And I had forgot about that. So it makes me think that John's being from, you know, Michigan, he's a hockey guy. However, him describing the combines going into the intermission two points ahead, you don't count points like that in hockey. You count goals. Points are a different stat. So you get points for an assist, you get points for a goal. So it should be... The combines are two goals ahead going in, um, so that that caught me a little bit and distracted me. Um, yeah, so I, John should know better. I, uh, I never. It didn't up. bother you guys. Yeah, I never picked up sure. on it. I, I would, you see know. now. Now right. that you've said it, I'm like, yeah, you're right. Because I've I don't watch hockey as anywhere near as much as Matt does. Right. But you know, on occasion, I, I I do and I enjoy it. And and I didn't think too much of it as I was reading it. But now he's pointed right. out. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that is yep. kind of weird. But then I go. All right, maybe he just he flubbed, he goofed, right? He's a busy guy. Because then he <laughs> brings up the Washington Capitals season, which is the worst of all time, which I looked up, where they only won eight games that entire year. <laughs> That's so bad. So the fact that the Combines were supposed to be the worst team since them, which in today's it's very hard to only win eight games, right, with the way that overtime is set and whatever. So, again made it up but i love that that's who captain cold is right he loves his local team and he's not going to miss them for anything right so he he's watching them win if it's the cup or a playoff game whatever it is that he's getting back for i love the idea that it's just a regular game but it's been so long since they've won one that it it just matters that that could be too right like um but yeah so that's a dc if you're listening you know combines merch I know one person that'll buy it. Matt will buy any sports merch you have. Yeah, well, yeah, you have the Metropolis Monarchs too. I'm waiting on that one, or the, the Mammoths. The Monarchs are the baseball team. Um, but Metropolis Mammoths. Yeah, Matt's all over all this. Sellers, I, it's, yeah, it's great. Yeah, no, I, I like him supporting the team because they're underdogs. Even though, yep. you know, well, that's and that's cold, right? Like yeah. he's just a dude that came across a freeze gun. And then learned how to use it better than anybody. So, and I've always feel like that's the thing that John's clung on to with Cold. Um, that and his his relationships with the you know him making the family because his family life sucks so bad. So that's why the Rogues are a family to him. Um, I think this, this works as well in the supporting the team. It ties in with the um, you know him actually wanting to support his local business with the, with yep. the store. Like he he cares about his community. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah, he does. Well, and he does. He always fights, and this this is why I had such a problem with Williamson's characterization of him as King Cold, because that makes no sense. Which is not this cold, right? Like, yeah. And this is the one I prefer. So, also we get a, a Collins drawing uh, Grodd, you know, and parachuting gorillas into Central. Well, yeah, like, but it's it's no John Romita Junior Grodd, so don't. <laughs> hey now, there's only one John Romita Junior. You know, grind. And he looks like Sasquatch, so yeah. who knows? 
Yeah. yeah uh, so I, I love the story. It was a terrible story. As a pin up next by Mike McCone and Mike uh, Atea. Uh, I'm not a fan, to be honest. Uh, this is a Bart, and he looks. I don't like the face. Creepy as no. shit. Yeah. It, he, he, His he face lo- is stretched. Like he looks like no. he's auditioning to be in the Boy Three. It looks like he wants to be the creepy doll. He does look like a doll. Uh, I was gonna say that. Yeah. So. There's that one, and then there's a Mitch Gerrard's one, though, which is really yes. pretty, in fact. It's a uh, lot of fun, as well as a concept of what it is. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so the kid's reading the book, and he looks like the sheer force of the speed force is moving, is like uh, applying G-forces to his face as he yeah. goes yeah, by. Oh, yeah, because you see like the flashes, like arm and leg, because uh-huh. if he's just whizzed by, he's just, out, just going yep. out of the, the panel, essentially. Yeah. Uh, and the kids just sort of looking. I love the look in the kid's face. Actually, he's he's like you know, it's like it's almost like when you're like on like a really fast roller coaster or something, and your face yeah. sort of goes back. That's, that's exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, it's good. It's good. It's really well captured. It's, you you know exactly what it's trying to do. Yep. Yeah. Hey, here's here's the thing. Garrett's is really good. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna have a tough one at the end of this show, Matt. I I but I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've realized this. <laughs> so, then we have the Manipal and Butchaletto story. Uh, this is harking back to the New Fifty Two era of the Flash. My second favorite Flash team, after Johns and and Collins and the the Wally stuff. This New Fifty Two. This is probably my favorite thing in the New Fifty Two. Was the Butch and Manipal Flash? I forgot how much I loved Manipal's Flash layouts. Yep, he gets so inventive with the layouts on his Flash stuff. Uh, I, I'm not as enthusiastic about their Flash run, to be honest. But <laughs> I, no, I love, I, I love that run. I got the Omnibus uh, as well. Uh, but I'm not a big fan of this story. This this new power, what is it? Speed? What does he well, call it? He did this though in in New Fifty Two. This is the thing that he realized he could do. So yeah. I like the fact that it calls back. Like this doesn't fit in current continuity, right? Yeah. This was just like a one shot. Throwback, almost like that Collins. John's story. Yeah, I've seen some people say that, oh, this is continuity now because of what happened with Linda. No, it's surely this is just set in somewhere in the run. Yeah, because and then when when, when he goes to what is our Earth, apparently, with the with the little girl on the salt flats, reading like, reading their flashbook. Yeah, that, I mean that's exactly ex- that's explain what's what's happening here. Barry, when he's asked a question by Iris about why you know why him, why should he be the Flash, he uses this power that he has, which I also don't like because it just it feels so I don't know easy to I don't know exploit. So I guess as well, yes, only but see, it works in stories like this or in annuals where it's great for a what if. Because it's it's him doing the alternate parallel reality type things, which it, to me is is inherent. In well, the yeah, just just to make this clear, he he is essentially just doing a trick with the speed force to look into possible other timelines to what would happen right. differently, and it's just an excuse to look into essentially Elseworlds <laughs> of of yeah. what happens with the uh, Flash. I, I think what's frustrating about it is he can just travel to other timelines anyway. That's kind of his. Thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's the idea that he can just mentally project these other ones that, that I don't like about it. It just feels too easy. Yeah, I, I, I don't mind because it's not like he's interacting with them. He's he's just there as a passenger. Because he, he goes to one where Iris is the Flash and uh, he's, he's still with Patty. 
Yeah, you missed the big one first. I was going yeah. to go back. I was going to go back to Grod. I was going to go back to Grod Flash. I hadn't, I hadn't forgot about it. Don't worry. Grod Flash, guys. I have a new favorite character. We oh, we had the hell. we had Space Gorilla, right? <laughs> now yeah. I have Grod Flash. Space like, Ape, right? Space ape. There you go. Yeah. Also, I mean, Patty Spivak can suck it. I don't care right, about Patty, right? I don't care about I, a bit of world where I, Barry's still with Patty. Patty's the worst. What's so screw you, Pete? What's so funny is like a month ago, I took to Twitter, go, hey, remember when Johns wanted us to think that Patty Spivak was a character <laughs> we should care about? Remember when um, Johns wanted Cowgirl to be a thing? Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I think he just you know I have a thing for redheads. I think John just has a thing for blondes, mm-hmm. right? Like, <laughs> but then he um, forgets all about them. Exactly. So, um, now I like this. I might, I might just be biased because I really love the booch. You know, I, I, I'm I'm mixed because I, I really like the point of it. I, I really yeah. like the point of it. I love the actual reading experience. I love the art. Um, I'm just not. It's just the the core concept that I, I just didn't really like. I'm like, yeah, okay. And I'm a sucker for the girl yelling "Go science!" because she predicted where the lightning storm was going to be. Yeah, like, Doc Brown could uh, use use a lesson or two from uh, <laughs> this girl. Yeah, I mean, well, to be fair, he was operating in you know 1980s, so this sure. is she's had almost 40 years on him. So <laughs> yeah, you, you you say almost 40. If you go from 80, huh? huh? If you go from 1988, right, but Back to the Future was 1985. Someone that appreciates Back to the Future, unlike you, it's 1985. (laughs) So I had to. I know. I just wanted to get a reminder again that 1980 was 40 bloody years ago. I I, I realized just like yesterday that like Inception is 10 years old and I feel like ancient. Yeah, it's like I was saying to to you last week, Peter, that uh, Casino Royale is nearly 15 years old. I'm like, what the hell? Oh, that hurts. Why'd you say that? Yeah, it's, it's next year, it's 15. I'm like, what? This I is remember... the modern, fresh reboot of Bond. How is that 15 years old? Yeah, I remember the first time I showed that to Ashley, to my wife, and she fell asleep, and I had never been so offended. Uh, Did you consider uh... divorce? No, because we were, we were still dating, but I was like, she ain't enjoying this James Bond, there ain't no hope. But then I got her into the Marvel movies, and now she's a full-fledged Captain America maniac, so it's fine. Um but but yeah, watching Casino Royale and she crashes on my couch. I I I could fall asleep during Casino Royale. Yeah, we know, but you're not. But see, she was she was honest with me. She said she liked James Bond because she she had seen the other the the Brosnan movies with her parents. Mm. She liked Brosnan, so she lied. No, turns out no, turns out she lied as you do in an early relationship. <laughs> right. <laughs> As you do in a right. relationship. Yeah, to, to, you know, to, to preserve some sense of, you know, ego or whatever. Like, yeah, I like James Bond. And now she'd be like, now she was like straight up, no, I'm not going to see the Wonder Years with you tomorrow night. You know, like that was the conversation on Thursday. And I was like, hey, fine, enough. Her like 12 years ago would have been there acting like she liked the band. So um, anyways, that was a digression. Very, very, you know. Think force, yes. or whatever you call this. The speed uh, mind, I think it was. Speed no, mind. I mean, I kind of like the point as well that Connor said, like the idea that it's getting us. No, anyone can be the Flash. It could be, you know, anyone could step up and take this on. It, it just but... happened that he hit, got hit by lightning, but it, yeah. 
he wasn't destined to be. It like, I, al else. I almost feel like you didn't have to have him witness everything. Like you could have just paused in the moment where she asked him that. We could see all these alternate realities, and then he could kind of right. make the same point anyway, and it'd actually just work as well, if if not better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you know, Manipul wanted to draw the Flash again because it's been a minute. So yeah, yeah. And I'm not gonna be mad at Manipul Flash. Like I'm just not. Like oh, it's 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 a gorgeous looking little story, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Uh, plus, plus, Flash Grod. Yes, Flash Grod's a thing. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Uh, so the next what? story is Flash of All Worlds, and it's the Marv Wolfman written Riley Rosmar. And we Did you skip it as well? No. Okay, just check it. It wasn't right. good, though. So we, we, we are all on record of being really anti-Riley Rosmar. And what's really funny about Thanks. this... Uh, What's really funny about this to me? So it's a Mirror Master story, which I appreciate, right? And he's in like a house of mirrors and all that. And it's, and it's Scudder, so it's classic. Yeah. So what's really funny about this to me is that eventually Mirror Master hits him with something that makes his head grow larger. And all I could think was, wait, it made his head even morally Riley Rosmo? Like, that's yeah. literally how I felt when it happened to him. Because he's drawing this you big head, and I'm like, this just looks like your heart. Like, you do this all the time. <laughs> I got that's the only reason Rosmo took the job. Because so he could draw a flash with an even bigger head. Like, yeah, this this felt very Silver Agey. I do like the references to the old Flash, like him becoming a puppet and him with the giant head and all the references to those old Silver Age covers. I just, it was a shorter read and like Rosmo's art doesn't fit. Yeah, I, I don't like Rosmo's art. I never, I never do really these days. But I, I mean. I didn't like it either. It, it just kind of felt like there wasn't much to it. It was just it was a lots of no. action pages of him like dodging mirrors and and you know just like them looking angry at each other and whatnot. Uh, didn't get a whole lot of it myself. Uh, so we can move on. This well, was uh, this was the weakest. And he draws, yeah, he draws a very stretchy flash. Yes, like, that, that was the point where I knew I was out. I thought, well, maybe maybe he's okay on Flash because I don't think I've seen him on Flash before. Right. I got like those first three panels at the top of the the, the first page, and then I was like. It was the third one, and I was like, "Nope, nope, look at that leg." And yeah, I was like, "No, nah, I, I, I just know that there's no point. I, I, I'm not gonna enjoy it. I'm not gonna put myself through it." Yeah, I just hate how every single, every single like forehead and chin are all like extended out. So it bugs me. Pointy. Yeah. He looks. He looks like the Moon Man that McDonald's used to use. You guys know what I'm talking about? Is that beyond your time? Yeah, I can't never remember. Mind. Well. I can't remember. I'm sorry, uh, but that, that was that that story, which I think. I mean, well, I mean, let's not say least favorite. I mean, we'll get to the Lobdell one at the end. But uh, let's talk about uh, the second Williamson story, uh, which is also going to tie into what he's doing in Flash uh, this year. Uh, David Marquez is in the art for this one, which is maybe why he wasn't on Batman Superman for that. And past that's issue. okay, because uh, I'm going to say this was my favorite story in this entire book i thought you might like, say that we have yeah, a, a jay garrick a jay story and i'm there we have a jay yep, garrick yep. flash story set in 1940 uh he's taking on the thinker it's very pulpy you know think thinkers try to like you know to control everyone's heads with his thinking cap uh it's a whole thing um art's obviously very pretty and uh you know but the key thing here though the, the very interesting thing is that a reverse flash whispers in his ear when he's traveling at super speed says yeah. they'll forget you jay garrick i've seen your future and we know he's forgotten that's obviously a big thing that has happened with yeah. you know with the uh, flashpoint and all the other jazz hell even before that with crisis though kind of there was like weird changes yeah. to 
uh, how Jay was um, perceived. So, uh, yeah, that's basically how he well, t- throws his hat around and you get this big final page where he's running and we see all the future flashes kind of uh, around him. Yeah, so the whole idea of Hope being integral into a Flash, right? That Jay's not really part of the Speed Force, right? He, he got retconned in, but... But so it's not necessarily the speed force that makes you a flash. It's this never ending sense of hope. And so when we get to the part where where the reverse a reverse flash, we don't know which one it is. Yeah, that's why whispers I, that's, in his ear. That's why I phrased it like that, yeah. because I mean yeah. they they could easily tell us this is this is uh Zolomon or whatever, yeah. Right. So but he, he takes it that it's it's in a voice and it's like and he's like the voice is so loud lately it feels like the bad guys of the world are going to win but then he tells the thinker because it looks like all is lost that you know fear's easy hope's hard right and in this day and age and this time i think that despite this being in the 1940s right that's such a resounding message and for a flash to carry it you know and then you turn the page and he says he's up for the challenge and he does the hat throw Mm -hmm. like oh man yeah. This one hit me hard. This one got me stupid emotional, sitting there reading it at work, you know. So it's worth mentioning that the, the the reverse flash in that final page is definitely Thawne, just going by the eyes. But yeah. um, you know, just, doesn't really mean anything for sure. No, does it? it doesn't for sure. No, um, there is also a reference to the Wonder Woman story from Wonder Woman seven fifty, where yep. he he says in his narration that Wonder Woman showed him what he could be doing, uh, beginning out into yep. the public and inspiring hope. So, uh, there are definitely some connections there that they're obviously building to this new timeline. How much of that new timeline we get now? <laughs> yeah, is up for debate. You know what? This was probably too late to change. But no, but if it only shows up in whoever's doing Justice Society. And it acts as an anomaly or whatever. I'm fine with that. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, we talked about this last week because we got a bit more news last week about uh, Jim Lee staying yeah. on and all the rest of it. Um, yeah. I, I'm still of the stance that we'll get something called 5G, but it just it won't be whatever it was going to be before. It's not this huge line altering yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. We talked about that on the on the shop on Wednesday too about that. Um, yeah, I know a lot so, of the projects seem to be on hold in that. Um, yep. They've told artists, hey, just stop drawing right now, whatever you were doing. Um, they're still paying them for what they have done already so yeah. far. Uh, they're, they're not, you know, even even though it probably won't get published at this stage, mm-hmm. they're paying them regardless. So that's that's good, at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, no, that's cool. Uh, no, I like this as well. I, it was like, it's not much to the story itself. It's a very short and simple in what it's doing, but it's, you know, it's this classic sort of J popiness. Yeah, it might might have the pulp bias here out of but me. Like, honestly, the idea of a reverse flash going back and sort of, you know, almost try to tease him that, you know, you're going to be forgotten in the future, you're worthless, is actually kind right. of exciting. I love the idea it, of getting a story, like whether it's a JSA story or whatever, where reverse flash that we know from, you know, Barry's stories goes back and torments Jay via time travel. It works particularly well in this story, given that Jay has only just kind of decided that he should be doing more and, and making a statement right. like Wonder mm. Woman. Well, and, yeah, and the and idea that, oh, you're, you're doing it all for nothing is essentially what he's yeah. being told. And he's like, but you know what? That's fine, because I'm not doing it for this. I'm doing it to make the world a better place, because I want to see it. And God, I love <clears> Jay Garrick. Like, the fact that we never got, like, a Paul Newman Jay Garrick, <laughs> I just, man... 
Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah, short, short, a lot of stories like this make me wish we could get a Jay going, ongoing book for a while, or at least a 12-issue series or something, because yeah. just to have like a full set of this, where him him fighting the pulpier villains of the 40s and stuff like that, I mean, maybe that's what JSL can end up being. And if so, awesome. Uh, plus, Marquez's... Go, go ahead. Uh, well, I was going to say, Marquez's art fits it perfect. Oh, yeah. Like, you know. What are we going to say, Connor? <laughs> I was just saying, I feel the same way about uh, like Alan Scott as well, like in terms of maybe you do just yep. do it in a JSA, but, but I, I, I want those sort of stories that I feel like we haven't had in so long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wildcat. Like, yeah. Jesse Quick, or Johnny Quick, Jesse Quick's his daughter. Liberty Bell, her mom. Like, that's all these characters that I have a stupid fascination with. And I can't tell you why. I mean, originally it was because I thought they looked cool. You know? But I had no idea who they were. But yeah, but no, Jay Garrick's definitely up there. Is one of my favorite. Do you know what heroes. I like about the uh, the heroes of this age? That's, that's something different in terms of the costuming. Mm-hmm. Is that they're not suits. They're, they're still wearing like trousers. You know, they're, they've got like yeah. a, an actual belt with a normal buckle on. That is mm-hmm. like, yeah, and then a, a top on. It's it's very different. Well, like, well, they're still stylized and I like the, with capes and stuff. I like that Jay's those almost based off of a World War One uniform. Right, because that hat is very much yeah the collar what they too. were, right the collar the 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 vest you know how it opens up that way so it, it almost is militarized but not really not like current like you know you think Batman in his tactical suits or whatever and with with Wildcat it was just a guy in a in a you know whatever he was wearing because it wasn't latex and it wasn't uh you know spandex. Yeah. But him, him just going out there in, in boxing trunks, basically, and knocking out crime. The, the suits feel a lot more casual, don't they? Um, <laughs> yeah. But in a way that I kind of really like. Well, well I and, think and to me, and I know, I know Pete hates it, but it's why I didn't mind the Superman t-shirt and jeans. Oh, I hate days. that. I hate that. Superheroes should not be in jeans. End of discussion. Yeah. Uh, but no no this works because it's maybe kind of like it's a natural evolution of okay the first wave of heroes were a bit more makeshift it was just regular clothes right. that might have had a logo or something well, and then the next generation things got sleek it's like technology where you know at first like you can almost see the workings of it because it's mechanical and you can see how it all fits together right. but over time we make it sleeker we're obsessed with hiding what it is so that by now right. we have just little you know rectangles that are phones and the, the hope right, is that one day we'll, we'll have holograms and glass things and you know whatever right. uh same same with superhero costumes I mean, they keep getting more slick and it, ridiculous it doesn't get more like found costume than than alan scott's original which was like a red tunic and trousers and a purple cape mm-hmm. like you know he just picked those off of a of a line yeah. as he was going through at least now he's got yeah. the collar as well yeah so but yeah his original costume with the domino mask you're like man where'd you where'd you find this yeah it's very I, swashbuckling though too and actually yeah. I, I like how the pin up after this is related because a gsa pin up with uh jay yeah. at the front it's um, really nice yeah yeah so uh yeah that was pretty nice uh and then there's a pin up that i'm not that fond of by uh carrie randolph and peter stegerwald it's a uh, wallace uh, yeah, weird not pro- a fan at all. Yeah, weird proportions. It's, it's going for kind of a fisheye thing almost with the the perspective, but yeah, I'm not feeling it's, it. It's just not. The, uh, do you know what I think would have sold the fisheye thing is if the backgrounds warped as well. It feels like only it's he's not. warped. Yeah, 
It's a bit rough. Uh, which leads us on to the final story. We knew this was coming. This is the Flash Forward epilogue. Which is funny because we have not been reading Flash Forward. But this this clearly is meant to work on its own as well. Because this is basically yeah. just... This is, this is Wally with the 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 Manhattan-style narration boxes uh, explaining oh. <laughs> what he is now. <laughs> do you want, do you want, do you Here's the thing about this story, though. This doesn't feel like Abdel came up with any of this. This feels like... We know, they know what Wally's doing soon, and they said to Abdel, this is what you ha- information you have to get across, and he, he went and wrote the script, obviously, but none right. of this feels like Abdel's idea. This just feels like a set list of things that Wally's going to be doing soon, so they're teasing all this Wally Manhattan stuff. Yeah. That's what it feels like problem, to me. The problem is, Abdel can't write good dialogue. And that's fair, but because of that, though, it didn't really, it wasn't yeah. frustrating me in, a, in the set. Like, you know, because when, when it's teasing things where it's like, oh, I remember all my various histories, and it's one of these weird things where even though Doomsday Clock's been kind of in a weird place with how it connects to everything, the way Wally's talk, because uh, there's a specific, a couple of specific lines where Wally's talking about how, oh, we formed the Teen Titans, and then later we formed the Teen Titans again, and all I could think was, uh, or he watched the Teen Titans be formed again, I think was maybe more accurate, but... Uh, all I could think was, this sounds exactly like when Johns was describing the metaverse with Superman. Like, this is very intentionally yep. sounding well, very similar. So, the the thing of when he's going through the crisis, right, it's it's the, the second big splash page after he recaps his journey that led him to here. And, and it goes through the crisis in Zero Hour and then the 90s, the Wildstorm universe, until finally it, it lands on the new 52. Mm-hmm. That's the metaverse. Like, everything that we saw John talk about in Doomsday Clock is right here. Matt, you make. Mike. No, you're right. And I, I think this is them incorporating what John's created uh, in Doomsday Clock into the mainline DCU, which is cool. Yeah. Now, it sucks that it's, you know, Lobdell's written this little thing, but this is just kind of setting it up. Obviously, what we're really going to do is in the Generation 1 shots. Now, again, those are probably going to change a little bit <laughs> because of the, you yeah. know, what's happened. But, uh, you know, it, you know, the next page after that is him saying, wait a minute, the GSA are back, the Legion are back. Um, and we don't really have the GSA back yet. I mean, we saw them in Justice League via a bit of time travel, but we don't really have... Wait you know, our JSA back yet in like a way where we understand what they are in the world. I'm sure that's yeah. coming soon. But he's talking about, but yeah, but he's talking about how he's sitting on the chair and then he sees this, but it's like, how is it possible? Like, um, so, so I like that there's that, uh, that mystery there. And then when he starts talking about all these moments that, or have happened twice. Yeah, actually, like, but this is what I was talking about with the metaverse is yeah. these different yeah. versions of things happening. And what was funny is that me and Connor and previously just did like this panel of uh, meeting Barry for the first time. We, we yeah. you know, we're reading that story. We're reading, you know, Born to Run. And right. I loved it. It also does this new version of it where it's like, here's the version where Wallace also existed, which we've never really yeah. seen. <laughs> but here's no. where this version is. <laughs> right? Yeah, because it's funny because there's essentially three versions of this. There's the, the two that we see here, which is the original one and the current one, but there's also the one in the middle where it was just Wallace. Yeah, where Wallace didn't exist for a while, yeah. Right, uh, where it's just Wallace and he was an angry teen that just wanted to be left alone, you know? Yeah. Um, so, also, I, I wish they had differentiated the names. Like, one was Walter and one was Wallace, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Because having them both Wallace, I just think about that family... Uh, I think it, it comes from, okay, New 52, this was, for all intents and purposes, to supposed to be Wally. This was the replacement. Right. Um, and that went so, over as well as the lead balloon. 
Yeah. So, so and then when they brought back Wally, it's like, well, what do we call other Wally now? Uh, right. Wallace will do. Yeah. So, yeah. do you know that page that comes after this where it's split down the middle, right? And you've got like, uh, like Barry's like old costume and new costume like split, you know, half and half. And I'm like, man, I prefer the old costume so much without those extra lines. <laughs> yeah. So much better. And Wally well, in his costume and Bart in his old costume. And... Well, you got yeah, and you got Max Mercury, you got XS, mm-hmm. you got Jesse Quick. Like you have the old, the the old new, or the new old, whatever however you want to say it. When uh, post Flash Rebirth, mm-hmm. when when Wally got his new darker costume. Um. Yeah, you have Irie there with hers. Yep, yep, yeah. And I'm just like, oh man, I go, what is, what's Lobdell doing? He's making me like something that he's writing, but then, <laughs> as Pete points out, this is lo- like probably not exactly coming from him. He's nah. just having to hit these beats. This is, this is. I mean, I don't know who's spearheading this exactly. Who, who's like, you know, they're. Well, the... we do. It was Didio. Well, yeah, it was Didio, but like, I, I don't know who was like. Like, we know it's not Didio because it's making Wally important, Connor. No, it's not Wally. <laughs> that's the thing. I don't think it is making Wally important. It's making him an observer and noticing these things. That that he, It's not making him important. I do telling wonder... me the Watcher's not important to Marvel? <laughs> yes. I do wonder <laughs> like who's going to be creatively like directing like this generation stuff now, now with Didio gone. Like, I, I, you know, did, is, is there someone who's going to be like the showrunner for all this generation stuff that they're going to give it to? Or? I, yeah, I feel like this is going to feel extremely disjointed now. Probably. Um, Zero is probably going to feel, it, maybe it's too late to change. I don't know. They've got time if they want to change it, but maybe that'll feel like have have the focus that it was meant to. And one, maybe, but after that, I feel like it's just a bit of a free for all in that. Just tell your story, get in, get out. Don't cause any damage. <laughs> Um, but that said, though, I, I don't actually take any of this as like meaning that we won't get because if 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 metal or if death metal and generations was going to be the things where they finally corrected a few things that they wanted to fix, you know, from mm-hmm. New Fifty Two that they hadn't got around to yet, because uh, I thought it was going to be a big line wide thing where everyone is back to like you know post crisis or anything like that. But I feel like this was going to be their chance to fix a few things that they'd be mean to get to. And this is how they're going to do it. I still think that could happen. Like, I, I don't see any reason why like Jim Lee is like opposed to doing that stuff. But clearly, whatever five G was going to be, when Diddy was mined, it's is, is changed. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's it's funny how I think we're more likely to get stuff fixed now than we were before. Very possibly, I, yeah. The intention before never felt like fixing or oh, let's get things back that we we had before. This was a completely new thing in that. Okay, let's make Batman old and we'll put someone new in the suit and. And and the same with Superman and, and you know and, and whoever and uh, it, it didn't feel like there was uh, you know it, it didn't feel like okay for example we were going to get Steph back as Batgirl it was like we must all like, just get a new Batgirl right um, if that was the case and I feel like now we're more likely for them to just use it to course correct a couple of little bits and fix things here or there um, now that they're not aging everyone up yeah like i feel like just simple stuff like fixing dick and wally not necessarily retconning everything but at least putting them back in a good place like that feels more likely to me now by the time we were done with all this stuff it it just kills me that like flash operates in in the twin cities of the dcu what's going on in keystone you're telling me they can't have a flash like it's so (laughs) simple just put Wally and Keystone, even if you're not going to give him a book, he operates there and shows up occasionally. Like, 
it's not difficult, but they just, for whatever reason, Refuse. just can't have nice things. And it drives me up the wall. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope they fix some things that, you know, maybe have been bugging us uh, with this stuff. With a bit of luck, they will, but. But yeah, we'll now we have like seven Earth Green Lanterns, though. <laughs> yeah, well, right? Jessica, Jessica needs a, a solo book, right? I'm just going to say it. Jessica needs a solo book. And that's fine. On, that's fine, but. <laughs> on that. Uh, apparently Odyssey has actually been doing like timeline shenanigans of its own recently. Yeah, so guess guess who when they have spare time getting caught up? This idiot right here. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they've got a character that can rewrite the history of the DC universe and they've been like, you know, to fix the mistakes, so to speak. And it's like, uh, you know, and th that's the whole point of, of this character is, okay, well, you know, we can kind of recreate the timeline, but we can like you know leave out the bits that we don't like, and uh, and that's their idea. That, that that's what's going on in that book right now. So, is... so what 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 gets me there too is that it's Abnet, and I fairly trust Abnet. So Abnet actually, in many ways, for DC falls under a similar category to what we've just described as Lobdell here. Not right. in terms of quality, but in that this doesn't feel like Lobdell's story. This is okay. The story's been given to him. Go out there and just write it for right. us, and you know, but. But, you know, counterpoint to that, though, is I feel like Abnett's work on, on like, Aquaman was, was definitely him. Or Sideways. Oh, sure. Right? I'm, I'm thinking of stuff like when he did, uh, I think he did the Titans Hunt yeah, book. Wild Hunt. Didn't... Abnett didn't write Sideways. <laughs> I thought he, he filled in on, did he not? Did no, he not you're take thinking, it over? you're thinking of Silencer. Silencer. Thank you. <laughs> I was on the ass once. Yeah. It was when you threw that out there, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm dead, not I was on the S one. It was. I remember. Yeah, I remember sideways. I, I'm not talking about all those books because again, Lobdell has has Red Hood, which is is his, all his. No, for, and for I, I get what you're saying, Connor, because I I have never been filled with excitement like when he hinted that at the end of Wild Hunt or whatever it was called, it was um, Titans Hunt, wasn't it? Titans Hunt. Um, like <laughs> my my last memory of some weird details are so good but then there's just things like yeah. in the last five minutes he's just everything's been wrong because <laughs> you know how much stuff has come up in the last five years that i've read oh i know <laughs> between the double shipping and and covering stuff i normally wouldn't for the show like that's it, it, a lot but anyways when i got to the end of that and they realized that there was a, a titan a founding titan missing and it was the first hint that something big's happening you know um and that was all Abnet. I credit him with, with stirring up that excitement. Well, um, that's the thing. I, I suspect it wasn't. I think it was more DC. Hey, we're going to do this. Do you want to tease it for us at the end of this book? Right. And, and that's why I think Abnet is, is a, one of those plug-in writers for DC. Not that he's bad. He has many things that, that we all you know love as uh, in general. But I think he is one of those writers in their stable that they can just kind of pull out and throw on any book that needs it. Like, like what happened with Odyssey. When it was like, shit, what do we do? We can't cancel it four yeah. issues in. Quick, Abnut, get on there. And then, you know, with these oh, things shit, here as well, where we six. can just kind of, hey, can we just give you the, the stories and you can just tell that? I'm not reading those ones again, damn it. I gotta figure out where I left off at. <laughs> you can check, because we dropped it at the same time. Yeah, I know, but, you know. I'll be in the show yeah. timestamps. Um, yeah, uh, the final page is basically just while I said, yeah, I'm ready to fix all this shit. And this is where my issues with Lobdell, because we didn't need... He could just say I'm Wally West, the fastest fastest, my, fastest man alive, mm -hmm. or fastest man to ever live. I didn't need the whole rest of it. He goes, yeah, I got this. Ugh, that, that's hard. where Lobdell sneaks through. With yes. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. 
That sounds like something I expect come out of Jason's mouth. That's that's a Jason yeah. Todd line. That's not a Wally West. Him just going, I'm Wally West, the fastest man to ever live. That would have been it and then to be continued. Like, ah, oh, almost there. But I, I didn't hate the story like I expected to. Maybe because I went in with such low expectations. And then I start seeing all the continuity stuff. And, and even the Brett Booth art didn't annoy me. Maybe because I had just read the Rosmo stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, uh, but yeah, no. I, I, I didn't hate the story. I, I'm really conflicted in that. I, I like the core concepts that are clearly from above. That are like, okay, I'm into this. I, I like these ideas. I take pretty much every bit of dialogue and narration, the like eighty percent of that from Wally. It just doesn't feel like Wally. Yeah, well, that's the well, no, ones. But it's also Wally on the Mobius chair. Oh, I don't give a shit about that. I hate. I hate that. Come on, come on, Connor. There's a reason he doesn't sound like Wally. Besides, Lobdell doesn't have good characterization. Well, let's just chop his head off instead. <laughs> no, how I dare just, you? I'd rather that than Mobius Wally. Ugh. I thought you'd make cut off Lobdell's head. That's what I took from that sentence. Uh, (laughs) In today's type of media, let's not put that out there, please. Yeah, it's a good point. Good point, yeah. Uh, So, yeah, there you go. That's Flash Flash 750. Um, Honestly, it wasn't that long a read as I thought it was going to be. It kind of went in fairly quickly. It's because it was like 20 pages shorter than expected. I mean, that's true. And it's the Flash, and I mostly enjoyed most of them. So, it's, you know... I don't mind yeah. it. Yeah, it's not like a, a knockout of the park or anything like that. It's, but it is, you know, for the most part, it was solid. Uh, they're, they're... So what What coverage y'all get? I, I'd read digital, so I mean... I'd... Yeah, I got digital as well. Uh, well <laughs> I, I picked it up physically and I got the Nicola Scott. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a good one, yeah. That's, that's yeah. probably what I would have got. Let me have a, I'd have to have a look at them, but uh, that, that sounds like one I might have got because I... That said, when it, when it comes to some of these other ones uh, <laughs> coming up, I may get them physically now, given the prices changes, the bastards. All right. Um, okay, well, I guess we need to rate the book. Uh, we need to rate 750. Uh, Matt, what you So, um, I'm going to go out on a limb because I, I enjoyed the Jay Garrick story so much uh, and, and the, the Johns, Collins one, um, and even the last one, and the, the Booch. And, so, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say an eight. Hmm. Connor. Uh, I'm, I'm a, a lot lower than that. Um, I like some of the stories. Some of them I, I dislike and you know, one I skipped all together because I just knew I didn't like it like within a half a page. Um, so all things considered, I'll give it a 6.5. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'll go with eight as well. I mean, I, I think I was a bit more positive on the, the main story. And then I like the, the John's one. Uh, I you know I like the point of the the, the Butcherlette and Manipal one, even if I don't like the actual power that he uses in it. Um, but yeah, not bad, not bad. Uh, that even hit the Odell yeah. one. So you know, I'll give it. Eight. I'll give it the eight. It was a fine anniversary issue. So we're not done with big uh, books this week because we do have a new number one, Strange Adventures issue one. Tom King writing with Mitch Gerrards and Doc Shaner on the art. Obviously, this has been highly anticipated because Mr. America was yes. such a big deal. That This is kind of the spiritual follow-up uh, focusing on Adam Strange. And um, honestly, Gerrards' art is so distinct that I, I, I feel like I was reading Mr. Miracle. Too, when I first, when I first, you know, the first page, I was like, wait a minute, this just looks like Mr. It's, Miracle. This yeah, is jarring. It, it's, 
it shares similar tone and themes. Yes. Um, so, so remind me, was was Garrett's in the military? I don't or know. Or was it just King that was an analyst? King was in the CIA, but I mean... Yeah. I've never heard of Garrett's okay. being in the just military. For whatever reason, I, I thought that maybe he served... I, I'm gonna go on a limb and say I don't think so because I know what he's spoken before in the past is like you know he spent like four or five years, you know when he was trying to break into comics, right? You know, with like his then girlfriend now now wife, you know, uh, like paying for his rent, like not even like 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 her like his half, like they were living together right. when they were living separately, like yeah. she was paying like all of his rent just so he could work on right. you know, comics. Okay, because I could have sworn in that I thought that was gonna add a different layer to this about you know. Adam Strange's experience coming back from Rand. Well, let me explain. But I, but I don't know. Let me explain so, what the premise of the book is before yeah. we uh, dive in. Uh, so, this is kind of like Mr. Miracle. It's set kind of after a lot of Adam Strange's, you know, adventures. <laughs> to forgive yeah. the, the pun. Uh, and he's written a book uh, about his, his time uh, during the war in Ran. And, you know, the, the book kind of keeps coming back to him signing copies at uh, bookstores and he's doing interviews and things like that. And they are split up because whenever we flash back to the war on Ran, uh, we switch to Doc Shader, we switch to the pulpier art. And when mm -hmm. we do the stuff on Earth, we have the Mitch Gerrard's kind of more, you know, grittier kind of... It's so clever because Shainer is so often associated with Silver Age content, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And you know, using him as the okay, you know, this is the the time gone by essentially, uh, is is genius. But then to kind of throw that into the, oh no, oh, we're actually using this for the the quite horrific war stuff, gives it this extra distinction. It uh, gives it a sheen crazy. where, at least here in this country, there's this idea of war being like war that you see in a movie, mm. and there's a, a there's a disconnect of how graphic and ugly and traumatizing it really is. Um, and I mean, this goes all the way back to World War One, and, and even probably before that, um, it's just not as well documented. So the fact of Shainer doing these very clean lines, very idealized, you know, depictions of it that look straight out of a Silver Age comic, mm -hmm. right? I, I would not be surprised if at some point in the book we see Gerard's taking on the doing the flashback, you know, just to yeah, show the contrast, to show of, the reality, right? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I can see that. Yeah. So, so the main the main gist of the book, though, is that he's accused of essentially doing something awful, some sort of war crime uh, during the war. You know, whatever he did to actually win was really, you know, uh, inhumane or or whatever. And he's he's accused of this. And then the person that accuses him of this uh, angrily at one of the book signs shows up dead. Uh, which looks like a laser beam to the head, <laughs> which I actually thought that was really graphic. I mean, see when this came up in the TV and yeah. the news, I was like, "Whoa, yeah. his head exploded!" <laughs> the news would never show something like that. <laughs> yeah, because so you say that, I I don't think there are a million. Yeah, I don't think we're we're that far away from them going. Well, yeah, we'll put the graphic warning first, and then we'll show it. Yeah, because because they say yeah, there's a warning for graphic content, but it's straight up just like a head missing. I'm like, yeah, I feel like at least right now in the world they wouldn't show that in the I news. Mean, like I say, we're not that far off when when you know mainstream public broadcasters have showed you know like beheadings in the news and actually shown it. I don't think we're that far away mm. from you know th this is a little bit more extreme in terms of the 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 splatterness of it, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, um, but. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I can buy it. Yeah. So yeah, we we see you know time where they're they're on they're on ran together. Uh, him during these fights, we see like the sort of the, the 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 morning talk show hosts discussing his new book, and they're going to have him on to talk. Uh, but of course, he ends up you know have been accused of this from this guy. We see him fighting in the war uh, against the uh, what was the name of the alien race? The the Pike it. The Pike it. Yeah, there you go. Which I looked up, but I, I don't know if that's. Uh... That that's new, or if that's something that's been established. Adam Strange has a very weird history when it comes to comics because for the longest time he didn't have a solo series. Like he was in backups and you know, yeah. and, and mysteries in space and all these other books. So it's very hard, you know. At least it was hard for me this morning to try to find this stuff. I I didn't know if they were new or not. I was reading it as picked. Um... Okay. For the for the essential reason, you know, that the, the Picts were, uh, you know, like a, a Celtic sort of... Uh, yeah, well, they were... And... Uh, what's the word? Um, when, you, when you have people that are there, that, that are fighting back... Not rebels, because rebels, is, that's a political term. But it's the people that, that are already there that yeah, are fighting they're, occupation. Yeah, they're, they were like the, the original inhabitants. Yeah, and, um, and that's... And they thought the Picts fought the Romans. Yes, exactly. During, during that um, era. Yeah. So that's why why I assumed it could Picts, be because because it gave me this idea of okay, the Picts aren't actually necessarily the bad guys that we're assuming they're being painted to be. Right, and we have this very nuanced idea of war now and in this day and age where it's not you know good guys versus bad guys. It's it's all very complex, and King knows this. So the fact that Shaner's telling the story in the past where we're just supposed to believe Rand's side of it, that these are an invading force. Yeah, which which again, yeah. that's why I was reading it as picked. I was getting that, uh, that, that illusion there. Yeah. Um, now, what I think is really interesting is you get these... Because the first stuff you see in the battle... Uh, on Ran is you know again really pulpy, really heroic looking, and then it's after that you get to have this guy accusing him of something. Um, although I am, uh, I, I did pop a little bit for the uh, the the pick tank that transformed into like well essentially a transformer. <laughs> he yeah. actually stood up. Uh, I, I'm I'm into that. I'm into that. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, because we don't all all we really see is we see him like get called away at one point, you know, to go and help his family, you know, because Alan is in trouble or whatever. So he's like, no, I need to go. Uh, I have to leave this fight. So we don't really get a sense of what he did in this first issue. Uh, if indeed he did do something that there's merit to this. Although it feels like it yeah. is. Because I feel like a lot of this, what it was getting at, is this idea of... Uh, it was making me think of Vietnam in a lot of ways, where yeah. when uh, soldiers from Vietnam came back, they, you know, instead of being treated like war heroes, they were treated like they'd done something wrong, like they'd been committing atrocities, and they were really questioned. And I was getting lots of vibes of that in this. And even Adam Strange, I feel like... He goes to this gala, he speaks, he gets a medal, and there's a great moment outside where Alan is talking about, oh, it's all blown up all over the news sites, and they all think you're great, and he's got the medal in his little box, and instead of actually paying attention to it, he just starts doing pew-pew noises. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought... Which, so, one of one of the guys that follows me, because I, I had asked which cover people got, and uh, someone responded to me, and I, I'd have to look through my Twitter, um, but they said that Garrett's is at the shop they were at, and he was winging koosh balls at people, yelling pew pew, uh, <laughs> if you didn't pick up his cover. And I was like, that sounds like a threat, but I feel like I missed out. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, I love that pew pew is going to become a thing out of this now. Yeah. Um, Again, is, is that the new dark side is? 
it yeah, may be. You. It may be. Because the colouring, you know, is very much like uh, Mr. Miracle when it's the Gerrards are, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, but there's a, yeah. because of that, there's a big contrast between that and the Shana stuff, which is so clean. You know, it's... it's... They, uh, do they do their own colours? I know I know, Gerrards has done before. Um, and and Shana sometimes does. Um, just in the credits, I, I don't see any separate... Uh, colors so they must be just doing their own colors yeah that yeah. makes sense uh, and given they're only doing half an issue each i imagine that you know they have got time to do it then uh, because of that uh mm. you know i mean you know we see you know i mean it is very pulpy he's fighting a giant monster and i, I think this idea of accusing him of these war crimes when what we're seeing in the images and what we're seeing in the panels is such classic sci-fi pulp adventure like it almost doesn't like click in her brain that he could have done something awful in this scenario and i think part of the charm no. of this book might be over the course of the story revealing where the grey area comes in, like well, what did he choose right. to do that could be taken as something? Because uh, obviously they're adamant that all of it's lies. He goes on TV and says, "No, this is a lie. I never did this. Like this isn't something." Um, well, I want to know is how how this guy would have gotten information because he's there for a book signing and it's basically his memoirs, right? Yeah. So, but he says, "I know what you did to those people, to the picks or the pikets." I think what, what what gets me is you know he is so adamant that like say he goes on TV he goes to Batman and yeah. it's like hey look you you investigate the shit out of me I've got nothing to hide and yeah he's I like so, that scene so adamant that it makes me go there is something that he's done that he doesn't even realize was something that was wrong in the time I think yeah no I, I that's why I, I think too there's going to be something that he does then feel bad about later but he's, it's not something that's occurred to him as of yet or something that he's not even aware he did maybe some choice he made had a negative effect that he didn't realize at the time because um, that's kind of the big thing is that he wants Batman to investigate him and Batman says no I'm too close no one would believe me it has to be someone who's impartial <coughs> which leads to the ending which is Mr. Terrific showing up to investigate uh, on, on you know instead of Batman to investigate Adam on his behalf so that stuff is really cool and I like the debating as well from the uh, from the there's a TV interviewers, right? Where one of them is like really against him and says, no, he, he denied everything. What are you talking about? And the other one's like, no, 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 no. He didn't deny specific things. He just said it's all lies. It's like, well, that's still, de- that's still denying it. And they have this debate. And it, it was kind of like almost really bugging me because it was like, it was really, really realistic uh, in yeah. a really annoying way where people yeah. who debate these things, I'm like, why, why are you having this argument this is not an argument like this is like one of you is just cl- trying your hardest to make this sound like it's something it's not uh and it's it's frustrating uh, you know i'm just i landed on the page here actually there's a, there's a page where the top panel is alana kind of tearing up uh and the talk because we keep hearing about his daughter right and they keep bringing up mm-hmm. his daughter as if well you know implying that hey they lost his daughter he clearly this war meant something to him and he lost a lot in this war he lost his daughter right Although I don't think they never quite phrase it like that, but it's heavily implied. Some, something's happened to yeah. her, and we don't know if she's dead or was captured. And it or, keeps and it keeps what? teasing her. It keeps teasing well, Alina right throughout the book. And this page here that I'm looking at, and I really love the art here, is that the top panel is is Alana ta- saying, "What about Alina?" When they're talking about leaving the the planet, right? They're evacuating, mm-hmm. and the bottom two panels on this just three panel layout is actually in on Earth in present day, and it's. Alana on a phone, but she's in the reflection of the jetpack. Yep. I love it. I love those panels. Yeah. And that's why she's, she's saying that you you know you can't comprehend what he did, right? Uh, and that, you know the sacrifice he made. And you know, in There's... contrast with that talking about you know his daughter at the top of the page, right. you really go you know, gives that you know impression that the, the, that something happened to her. Yeah, and then we finally. There's also blood spatter on the picture of the family. 
yeah and certain and on the jetpack and we finally get, talking about alina and we finally get to meet the daughter as well we finally get to meet alina uh when you know he hugs her and say like, oh we have to go and i know you're scared and whatever and that's right that's right before the the, the the scene with batman where he's like hey batman take my gun analyze it for stuff and to tell him i didn't do this i didn't kill this guy um so it's really exciting seeing exactly how that is and one of my favorite touches in the art and i don't like i'm not sure if it actually is i, mean, I think it is i, I think gareth actually drew drew adam in a shainer panel it's when he's like beaming mm-hmm. back to earth and i think the whole idea is is that he's about to be on earth and you know, since the, the gareth's art is the earth art uh it's like he's becoming the gareth's art in front of them yeah as he beams I, I, out i think they actually both drew him and they're overlaid um with with a lot oh, of I can, yeah i can see that i can see that yeah either way but yeah that that is the point yeah is he's he's zeta beaming right which then i had to remember that because i'm only used to the zeta beam in like post-crisis history but in in the pre-crisis era it was like a timed thing. Yeah, it would like every there. X amount of hours, it would zap him. Right, and then it would pull him back, whereas later it just became a transportational beam, here, come and go, yeah, as he and pleases. I think one of the other things we have to address here with the the, the whole Silver Age pulpy Shainer art for the, for the stuff on Ran is that I was also getting the impression that the reason why it looks so idealistic is because this is the version that's in his book and his memoirs. The way he's yep. written it is what it looks, this is what it sounds like and feels well, like. Yeah, so yeah, you maybe even, can't trust everything. Right, and even the the dialogue that King writes is very Silver Agey. Mm. Like, when he looks he looks at that Transformer and he says that, um, years ago I lived a peripatetic life as an archaeologist, always searching for answers, always finding questions. That's very Silver Age. Yeah. Like, that's not, you know, or, or that's what, how he wrote it in his memory. You know, um, so yeah, this is the first thing from King that I've read in a long, long time, probably since Mr. Miracle, that I'm like, yeah, this guy gets it. Yeah, that, you know? this was like, I feel like any worries that any of us had, because, you know, the last chunk of Batman wasn't that great, and Heroes in Crisis, you know, had some had some serious problems. You know, I, I you know a couple of pages into this because I was actually worried because the first couple of pages they weren't bad pages, but like it sounded like King, right? And I'm like the last few things I've read from yep. King weren't that hot, and it had that kind of disjointed feeling, which didn't bother me until Heroes in Crisis, and then but by the time I got like maybe a third through this book, it started to click together in a way where I got what he was doing, and it all just uh-huh. fit, and I'm like. This is when King's on top of his game. So I'll say it. This is King back on top form. And this, you know, th- this is going to be a contender for the year. This is going to be, we're going to be yeah, talking about this at the end of the year. I think that in the back of my head, there's a scare that there's just a little worry that it will nosedive. You know, like Heroes in Crisis, like it'll just, it'll, the back half was was worse, right? And, and and there's a part of me that's worried that maybe, but I don't want to think that because I don't think yeah, it will. Heroes of Crisis that wasn't that great to be, I mean, it was better, but it wasn't like up to the standard or Mr. Miracle was, standard to begin no, with. It, wasn't. it was a little bit too ambitious for its own good. Whereas here, I feel like this is the type of story that he tells. Yeah, I, I feel like yeah. I feel like we're already like analyzing this issue and talking about what things means and what the art changes mean and what the characters doing. Like we're already analyzing this to such a degree. But compare well, compare this to any other comic issue we talk about this week or last week or the week before. Mm-hmm. We are sitting here discussing what things mean in a way that's that's not just because they're not as clear or whatever, but because there's clear like creative like art artistry going on. That's that's you know implied things or there's the mm-hmm. subtext there uh th- this is you know tom king is a fantastic writer 
I, I would say most of the time. It's just that he had a couple of bad things that sort of hit I, together. I think when he's got the right focus story to tell, he can tell a wonderful story. Yeah. I mean, there, there are parts of his Batman run that I absolutely love, right? Like, But as a whole uh, 100-ish issue saga or whatever it is, like 90-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, you know, it, but, it falls flat, right? But then, like, his Mr. Miracle, his his Green Lantern Dark Side War issue is one of my favorite stories I've ever read. Like, Yeah, and so, I, I still haven't read it, but from everything I've heard, his vision... Is kind Vision? of in the in the vein of Omega Man? Miracle or this uh, Omega yeah. Man, which I didn't love, but I, I like yeah, the I idea. Yeah, so I haven't I haven't read it. I know nothing about it. I want to read it. It's very hard to find though because it, he wasn't a huge name, mm-hmm. you know, when, yeah. when he did it in in the era that it came out in. However, like when it comes to stuff like this, where he, I know he knows what he wants to say, uh, and, and the fact that you, they're bringing in Mister Terrific, who is this. You know, they, they keep bringing up fair, right? So if this is the story of of a split person, right? Then you're bringing in the guy that believes in fair play to, you know, yeah. break him down. I mean, I, I think this story ultimately is going to be about the shades of grey of both mm-hmm. what Adam, you know, had to do in the war, what he lost in the war, what other people may criticise about him being in the war without, be, you, yeah. know, you know, understanding the weight of that pressure themselves. I think it's dealing with that, but not necessarily in a way where he's clearly in the right and everyone who's criticizing him is clearly in the wrong. That there's a, a, an element of him actually kind of processing that himself and saying, okay, here's what I'm proud of, here's what I'm not proud of. And yep. it, it was different to Mr. Miracle, where Mr. Miracle was about depression. This is about something a bit more specific. Well, yeah, it was about depression and fatherhood and how, you know, how those interact. In this, though, it definitely feels like a soldier... Like he, he, that's what he said, a, a soldier coming back and the world changing. Yeah, it's, um, it's interesting. It's about the, the difference that he's perceiving the world, but also in the the way that the, the public opinion is on him right. as, a, as a returning soldier. And, right. and, you know, in, 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 in a war that maybe the, the a vast majority of the public don't think was right. Who right. Knows? Yeah. And, and yeah. so, and, and like, again, I always tread lightly when it comes to politics and whatnot, but... You could tell where King kind of sits on this, where you might disagree with the war, but you can't forget that the soldiers are still people, right? Yeah. And and that they're fallible and they make mistakes, and we need to hold them to a standard. But what they're going through is is something that us sitting here in our chairs can't we comprehend necessarily. Can't comprehend. Yeah. You, you don't exactly. want to just demonize them. Go well, they're at exactly. War, I don't agree and with then that, another so really terrible. Right. And then another facet that's in there as well is that you know I think one or two people say well, it's the public or the interviewers uh, say that you know this is a war that was on our planet for another place. Like you know this doesn't affect the world or America. Like we don't. Why do we care about this? Uh, yeah. And of course you know Alan at one point says yeah but this, this enemy would eventually came right through and eventually got to Earth and well that's true or not is you know remains to be and, seen. But and that's part of the the mystery is is he's claiming that oh no they must well he's not claiming he's suspecting that they might be here and that's who you know killed this guy and oh yeah yeah maybe, maybe they're well, here and maybe the, and you, maybe the war's look- not over. And I, I hear that all the time out of people that I know when it comes to certain certain people and whatnot. And there's this paranoia, and this is why we need a strong military. And they don't realize that war is not like like I brought up at the beginning. It's not like you see on TV. It's not Kiefer Sutherland waterboarding people and saving <laughs> the day. You know, it's 
it's all very much more complex and you just to me is you gotta let the experts do their jobs right like you know and it's not for me to weigh in on if they're doing a good or bad job so you know and i feel like here with alana she's someone from ran so she's gonna have a bias right like it's built into her that Oh no, they would have come to Earth and overrun here too. So what we did was was noble and for the greater good. But again, we were only getting her side. Yeah. Uh, there's something about her I don't trust. She has a very femme fatale kind of vibe. Well, it's know? interesting. I, I don't think I trust Adam right now either. Yeah. I don't uh, know. I want to trust him. No, no. I, yeah. I think he's he's. I trust in the sense that I think he's genuine in what he believes. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if he necessarily is right. In that sense, I don't trust that he is right in his decisions. Um, just a, a question as well. Earlier, Matt, you brought the uh, the the blood splatters on the the picture. Yeah. I was intrigued yeah. by that. Do you think that was okay when that picture was taken? It was you know there, there was blood on the lens, or right. or was this a case of because uh, we we talked earlier about how Shana's sections are these idealized mm-hmm. representations of what happened, and right. then Ger- Gerard's is the no, this is the harsh reality. Right. Um, but is is it possible that those blood splatters aren't there? This is just what he's seeing, and and that's, that is maybe his maybe this reality that we have from Gerd can't necessarily be trusted. And that that's kind of what I think because it's also on the jetpack where it well, wasn't there until Alana comes into view in the reflection. You sure? Because obviously it's on the jetpack. It's that picture. It's the same picture that's printed on there, which is why I question if it's something that was on the lens because um, you can just about make out that it is the exact same picture that he's had print it out oh it is it is on the picture okay yeah yeah yeah. you're right then but again i'm like okay is is it this specific picture is is triggering something in his memory and that's why he always sees it that way it's this this regret because it's it's obviously this is his daughter in this picture or is it just okay no this is the reality yeah i don't know i don't know what to trust yeah i don't know either and that's that's, it's doing a good job too um of, of that yeah so, yeah, no, I, I think the key thing is here is that some of the disjointed stuff in Batman, or, you know, in Heroes in Crisis, after a while felt like it was just, like, it, it felt like it was aimless. This feels like everything that it's leaving out is to there to tantalize us and make us think about what the story actually is and make us think about, you know, the differences in the art and think the differences in the timelines and all these little things is, like, everything is provoking thought. Uh, and that's a big difference, I think. So, uh there you go that's strange adventures issue one uh matt what are you giving the uh Uh, i'm gonna give this uh an 8.5 real strong out the gate connor uh i'm gonna go with the nine i I think i was probably leaning towards the 8.5 but actually talking about it i like it a bit more yeah i'm going with the nine as well i i think it's really strong and it's very confident it knows what it's doing this is clearly where king's at his best is is mm-hmm. with these types of like you know six twelve issue stories where he's got this clear defined thing um and well technically heroes in crisis was that heroes in crisis i think suffered because it was also an event of a, like you know dc universe sort of style and this is a dc character but it's Which, personal it's <laughs> focused outside of poor roy harper nothing of that is really stuck <laughs> you know oh yeah like, roy's still dead yeah like, 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 Wally gets out of jail free. 
He's sitting on the oh, chair. See, see, Ivy's uh, regrown. See if we get to you the know. end of like death metal and whatever G Five is going to end up being, right? And it fixes things like you know Dick's Dick again, Wally's Wally again. We have a Titans team. We have a Teen Titans team. We have all these things, but there's just no Roy Harper. I, I'm literally going to make Lol Roy still Roy still dead a thing. That's going to be that's going to be a new thing. Yeah. Well, it's like LOL Cena wins, right? Yes, yes. Like, now it's yeah. LOL Roy still dead. <laughs> <laughs> all right that'll take us on to superman villains issue one uh with brian michael bendis matt fraction and jody hauser wasn't in this issue uh so do we think that they moved her story from heroes I to could, villains i could see that being the case because i bet the, the, the thought process was it's supergirl she should be in the heroes issue oh no wait she's kind of infected right now and kind of villainous right. so they probably moved and it, it takes place before the story in supergirl yes so yeah okay um Outside of that, I thought this was a real fun issue. Um, yeah, I like the main story. Not a big fan. Not a big fan of the art, though. The art was kind of hit or miss well, for me. Yeah, well, that's the uh, thing. I actually see. So the main story, which it's sort of like sprinkled throughout, we get it in like three or four parts yeah. as it goes through, and it's it's the it's the Daily Planet, and it's you know Kent and uh, and Lois. Why what, Kent? Clark and Lois. Uh, you know, it's called Superman. Everyone knows now. Got to talk to Leon and Perry's there, and it's it's them trying to talk to her, and then on the roof talking about how they know they have this news, this this story from Lex, and Lois has corroborated, it and Leon is the head of the secret or the Invisible Mafia, all this stuff. Um, so I like this story as well. I like the tone of it, and here's the thing: they are for me like there was some dodginess to it, but I did like. I don't know if it's right for for super a Superman story, but not. Oh, Matt, 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 Mike. <laughs> yes. So, I don't know if it's right for a Superman story, but at the same time, I kind of get it, the, the idea that they're exposing this shady, darker side to the Daily Planet right now, so I, I get that part of it. But I did gen generally like the feeling of it, if that makes sense. No, I do. I just, for... If this was taking place in a back room, right, mm -hmm. and there's one light, but for this to be taking place in Perry's office in a rooftop, it just didn't fit. Like the art, actually, I don't have any issue with. The art looks fine, just for what it was presenting, it didn't match with me. Yeah, I I, I really liked the art. It did, it did make Clark look a little bit like John Hamm a couple of times. I thought. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just cool. Like I don't mind that. Um, I, I like I, I kind of like the tone. I like the coloring especially. Uh, I thought the because they're in they're in like a room with a lot of screens, so it's kind of like the it's the light from the screens that are yeah. illuminating them as opposed to an actual light, and that gave it kind of a tone, which I really liked. Uh, so I like that stuff. They reveal this story at the end to the the public, expose the the, the new owner as this you know secret mafia boss, mm -hmm. and it's like okay, Daily Planet. You know, earlier this week they revealed Superman, and now they've revealed the new owner is this person. So. Uh, and this is going to be continued both in Superman and in Action Comics, which I'm excited for. Uh, yes. But let's uh, start with this first little bit here, which I'm sure you've got stuff to say on, which is the Kents are alive, and Clark goes yep. to see them, and it's basically about how he's revealed himself to the world, and Jonathan's like, hey, you just told the world that your mum's like the best. Like, she, you're good for a couple of Mother's Days, uh, was, yep. the, was the line. Uh, I assume you like this. Yes, I, I like this a whole lot. And, uh, um... I loved him going to, to at the dad. The last thing was, you know, anything. Pa, he goes, and then he asked, "Where'd my grandson get to?" So, like the fact that there's a relationship there that I was so worried about poor John not having a grandpa, <laughs> but Pa can't there, so yeah. it's fine now. Yeah, like, actually, it, it's real good. 
I loved actually after the meeting with Leon, they come out and like Firefly or whoever is at the window, and yeah. so, you know Clark's like doing the Superman pose in front of her. He's, you know, he's he's ripping the shirt up and he's ready to go, mm-hmm. and Firefly just flies off because he's like, you know what, this is you know too much, too much. I can't take this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Lois yells, "I'll oh, come back. You'll make page five. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Uh, also, the bit before yeah. that where Trish sort of gets everyone to show their hands, like who feels safer at work because they're with Superman, and everyone yeah. says, "All right, let's get back to deadlines now. <laughs> we we'll got stuff to do." <laughs> so yeah. everyone uh, away from the windows. I like that. Uh, um, the Lex Luthor thing. This is exactly what I wanted to see. As soon as they announced that Superman was was releasing his identity, I'm like, I need to see Lex having a conniption fit, and uh, it happened. He he throws his computer into the window uh, and tears up the the Daily Planet newspaper. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That was alright. It was only two pages, but it was. It's yeah. Nice. Um, it's it's Steve Lieber. It's it's the Jimmy Olsen part. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then there's a Toy Man story, which is about yeah. how Toy Man. Like, for a long time, Superman's been trying to, like, talk Toyman into, like, you know, you can do better than this, you can be better than this, and he never really mm-hmm. believed him, but seeing him reveal who he is and realizing that, hey, he's, got, he's a normal guy with a normal job. And Wait, he's not just an alien. Yeah, and even the, yeah. one of the things that he points out as well is that when he's giving his speech on TV, he's like, hey, he sounds like he's talking about himself as much as he's, t- he's talking about me whenever he's spoken to me in the past. So he actually turns himself in, but once he turns himself in, uh, checkmate, uh, you know, the, the knight, uh, or king. king, sorry, a king. Uh, right. uh, you know, he shows up and recruits him to take on Leviathan. So now Toy Man's going to be in checkmate. And the whole point is, he wants him to do what he does, right? Make the the little gadgets and gizmos. So essentially, mm-hmm. he's going to be checkmate's cue. And but he wants him to design stuff that's going to get under Leviathan's skin because King's now worried that they're a country now. They could be a continent, you mm-hmm. know, by the fall, and we need to get out underneath. So I really like this. Unfortunately, um, they are. Is yeah. uh, once again Riley Rosmo. We got a double dose of him this week. Uh, yeah. Admittedly, though, it's not as bad as the Flash story. They are here. It's a bit more restrained. Yeah. So that's good. Um, so we got a story with Mongol. So we actually have a, a Mongol passing the torch here. Uh, to put it in the most like, time way possible. So I I had no idea what was going on here. Yeah. Because I didn't realize there's been multiple. And then I'm like, why is that one dressed different? Yeah, so um, we, we see like two Mongols, right? And Mongol explains yeah. that he killed his father, the previous Mongol, just like his father before him and his father before him. Right. And as soon as he said that, I thought, oh, are we going to get a story at some point of how this Mongol gets replaced by this younger Mongol? And the, actual, the yeah. story actually ends with younger Mongol, like his son, ripping out his heart and saying, I am now Mongol the... And then there's like a lot of Roman numerals that I don't, I, I don't know them Seven, enough. So I, I plugged it in. It's 1791. So now he's 1792. <laughs> <laughs> yep. that's pretty funny <laughs> uh, yep. so basically Mongols pissed he's like wait this, this, the, the only being in the universe to like best me in a fight has been pretending to be a human he's been an ant working an ant job like he's, he's, he's livid about it absolutely livid well then he kills he kills his messenger too like the, the one guy that keeps calling him like oh exalted one and um, yes yeah he does that yeah. and, and, uh, and he, he crushes his head in in anger, and then, and then, they get, and then yeah. new Mongol rips out his heart and takes his like emblem. Uh, which yep. so here's the, here's what's always fun about this is I love the idea that 
this kind of establishes for me that every time I see Mongol, it might actually be a new Mongol because they all seem to more or less be the same. They have slightly different suit designs, but like yeah. you know, like they just keep replacing each other. <laughs> that that's it's kind of funny. Yeah, uh, and, and a nice little quirk to Mongol. Um, so I mean, this might be a different Mongol that destroyed uh, Co City. That could have been Grandpa Mongol, for all we know. Oh, we yeah. don't have these guys age. Exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah. So we don't know. So, yeah. Uh, so really interesting stuff. Uh, then we have the Supergirl section, uh, which is just kind of her reacting and being pissed. Uh, the funny thing, the only the only problem with this for me is that Clark did tell Kara that he was going to do this. There was a, a beat before she got infected. There was a beat that where he was clearly yeah. telling her about this. Uh, so. Other than that, though, I do like her reacting and getting angry. This leads her to Smallville. Uh, it also sets up that Ben still kind of moping about her. Um, so it, it, this is clearly setting up stuff for the last few issues of Supergirl. Unfortunately, it is the last few issues. I wish it wasn't, but uh, that's what we're doing. For right now. Yeah. The art looks good, though. Again, it looks just like her book for the most part. Yeah. Um, there's a one-page Bizarro story, and I was glad it was only one page because I was worried we were going to have to read a lot of Bizarro speak. Yeah. But this is the same Bizarro that was in uh, Terrifics. Yes. So this is this is the Square Earth one, um, and I guess he's okay. Like he's wondering if he's not Superman. Like, but he's always known. I don't understand the point of the story. Because I always have a Bizarro story because it was villains. Yes. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of the art here. It's not my style. No. I have to say. Uh, but hey. Uh, and you know, and then we come back to you know Lois talking to Leon, uh, continuing the main story back to that main art, uh, and you know that's when the 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 bombshell kind of comes out and it's the end of the book. So I I do like yeah. the reveal, you know, this idea that continues this. Um, I will say as much as there was a little bit more villain focus in this issue, it wasn't as much as I thought it was going to be. It was I still feel like I I still feel like more than half of it was still just following you know Clark and Lois yeah. and the other characters. Well, I liked that it focused on so the the heroes one focused on their reactions to to it. This one was the the villains' reactions and really putting Leon in the in the spotlight here. Mm-hmm. Um, also, while we're paying off some of the stuff in uh, villains or villains, Leviathan. Leviathan. I'm having a bad time today. Um, Leviathan Don and when yes. we got there with checkmate. So yeah, yeah. Poof. Yeah, it's kind of nice that, that this and Checkmate and Event Leviathan and all, all these things are all kind of syncing up kind of nicely uh, between all of Bendis' books, which is kind of cool. Yep. So, now, um, it's funny because I really like the main story in this. I don't know if I like this issue overall as much as Heroes, though, because I feel like I liked all, yeah. the, all the individual stories in Heroes, I think I liked a bit more. Because as much as it's yeah. nice to have the Kents back, like little stories like all the mail they were getting, I really like that little story. And the, yeah. the, the teacher story was really good in Heroes. So yeah. I think I like the Heroes one a little bit more overall. Me too. But uh, that's was still solid. It's still continuing everything. Um, it's basically, since we're not getting double shipping on these Superman books, every so often we're getting one of these one-shots to give it advance it a little bit further, quicker. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. So, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, what are you giving it, Matt? I'm going to give this a 7.5. I'm going to go with the... I, I think I like the art, the main art a bit more than you did. Uh, yeah. Uh, I like how moody it is, even though arguably <laughs> maybe that doesn't fit with Superman as much. But yeah. I think because it was all the offices and the, the CD like revealing of this mafia was it kind of made it work. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, Superman villains issue one. Uh, so that'll take us on to Batman ninety. Uh, you know, it's rare for Batman to get bumped to the fourth book on the show, but it's that kind of week. Yeah. Uh, Finally, I'm back. You're back. Hey, it's not Bye, been that. Connor. Hey, for people listening to the podcast, it's not been that long. 
No, I, I want to acknowledge <laughs> that that they did their their wrestling segment, and you know they went, oh, you know, we're doing that, and then two months, so you can take a break. I went, oh, cool. What, like 20, 30 minutes? And and Matt went, yeah, it'll be a quick one. Uh, no, yeah, I, I knew that was wrong. I just didn't want his fight about it. <laughs> you could have just said to me, be, be longer. I got food. We had a pay per view to talk about and two weeks of dynamite. There was no way it was going to be less than that. You should have said. And 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 I came back after like twenty five minutes, thinking, "All right, okay, cool." <laughs> Still on wrestling. All in all, forty five minutes there were between the two things, not twenty or thirty. It was a violin playing just just for you. All right, just... I could have eaten a whole meal in that time. <laughs> I could have cooked and eaten in that time. Batman ninety is what we're here to talk about, and finally, Gillen March. Nowhere to be found in this issue. Oh, that feels good. That does feel good. Uh, Jorge Menez is the artist. Uh, obviously, James Titan the fourth being the the writer still. And this is uh, Catwoman telling the story of the designer and how they encountered him back in the early days of Batman. Uh, not right at the start, as she puts it, but soon after. So it feels kind of like year two, year three kind of era. You know, he's running around with Robin uh, and all that stuff. Uh, so this is how and she's in the purple outfit and how her and the other villains that you know penguin riddler and joker all got these invitations uh to this you know this uh secret meeting although just before we get to that uh, harley quinn's chasing deathstroke with drones and she's using a dual shock 4 to control them i thought that was kind of funny uh honestly uh that was one of the moments in the art i wasn't a big fan i, don't of. Like, I, I, I do not like uh, her face Harley. yeah it's a, if the face no I, no I, I agree i don't like her face but i was too yeah. busy cackling at the fact that they made the controller look like exactly like a ps4 controller yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, I really like him in his usually but yeah his this harley distracted me i will um, say the side profile view on the, on the bomb is, is absolutely fine yeah, it's no. just the, the 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 first one. It's just that evil smile she's got as she's like wearing the headset. She's doing the she, the gamer thing. To me, it's very manga anime esque, and I'm not a fan of that style. Um, mm-hmm. So, but yeah, but no, the rest of it, I really don't have any issues. Uh, Jimenez is Catwoman in the purple suit, which that's up there with one of my favorite Catwoman suits because it's so simple. I think it is yeah. my favorite. Um, that is my favorite. Yeah, I, I think. Her. See, I like I like her Master Thief one with the goggles. I like the goggles one the, too. The hat that makes the, the that's my favorite Catwoman suit. Um, this one's a close second though, I think. But, yeah. Um, uh, so they get all these <laughs> invitations for the designer. She goes to to the pier, and the idea is that this is some guy who's like kind of like a myth to like you know thieves and criminals that he's, he's pulled off these jobs that no one else ever believes happened. You know. So when when we get to his history, did anybody else think this is Professor Moriarty? <laughs> Never occurred this to me. Sounds like it. Professor Moriarty. If, if he had seen said that like he suffered his greatest loss and fell off a waterfall, <laughs> I would have been like, I could see it. Huh. I'm I'm also very interested in the house. Is this one of? Is this a new magic yeah. house we've got going on? I I think it is. Uh, I'm down. House of secrets, house of mysteries, house of yeah, design. Yeah, they go out to yeah, they go out to a house. Uh, kind of just yeah, in the it's middle. Of, gateway yeah. house, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And they, call, it, they jo- called it Tartarus House, which I thought Tartarus was Tartarus House. Jo- jo- yeah. Given Tartarus as you know, entrance to the underworld. Here's the thing about the designer, right? I think his cloak is a bit over the top, but I do actually really like how simple his mask is. It's kind of a Rorschach-style just pull-over-your-head mask with a D on it. Yeah. I kind of like that. a cool-ass sword. Yeah, I'm done, I'm done with that side of it. It's, so, did you guys ever play Soul Calibur? Yeah. It's very much really, no. Soul Calibur. I'm familiar with it, though. I'm yeah, familiar with Soul I Calibur. I see that. Uh, so, basically what happens here 
is that the designer and we see sort of Catwoman's perspective she goes in for this interview this one-on-one with him and the idea is is that he explains to her like that you know he he once had his greatest enemy and he you know he 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 battled him out and essentially he eventually won by realizing that he was always just like a little step ahead so that so his like you know the hero against him would always just sort of catch up and be able to like outsmart him so what he had to do was spend a year and like go you know a hundred steps ahead and become so much better at the game that there was no way that the hero could win so he takes Catwoman and he kind of explains okay so what's the biggest job you'd ever think of pulling and then he sort of escalates says no this is what you're actually capable of and kind of explains how she could pull off this even bigger thing and the idea is, is that he does the same for Riddler and the same for Penguin, right? And they come out and they're, they're kind of like talking about, oh, he kind of convinced me that I could become mayor and I could do all this with all these assassins. And Riddler's like, oh, I could set up a, a, a labyrinth the, the size of an entire city. It's basically this guy's here to make the villains the best villains they could be and like improve right. their. It's almost like kind of what year the villain was supposed to be to the villains, but this guy's like yeah. actually kind of like yeah good (laughs) so but and i love this idea that when he sees the joker who's last that hearing whatever the joker actually wants to do as his big end game or you know as to what like the the worst thing he could think of it freaks him out so much that he decides no i have to actually take my plans back and just kill kill you people because i can't let the joker be what he's going to be (laughs) that is actually a a a pretty great little idea to me love it and then they ask him why and or what Joker did? He goes, all I did was tell him a joke. Like, yeah, I know, I love it. Oh man, this is the type of Joker I like. I like the the clown prince. I don't Snyder's. I guess I'm just tired of Snyder's completely psychotic. I like Joker that has a dark sense of humor. Yeah, well, I think yeah. This, is, this is an interesting moment though, because I think Tynan generally falls into having the same Joker yeah. as, as Snyder, and this is this is before he became that. Like the idea right. that. He wasn't always quite as psychotic. He kind of right. got there over yeah. time. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I mean, the idea that the others would even like sort of hang around with them even sort of implies he's not as completely crazy as he, he would become. Yeah. They do have that hesitation about it, though. Oh, yeah. They do. Um, he's, he's that guy that kind of hangs in the back. And you're like, should, should we talk to him? Well, we should yeah. befriend him in case he does snap. I, I, you know, I honestly, we'll be fine. I, I think I, I would say this is easily my favorite issue of Tynan's Batman so yeah, far. Uh, it's up I, there. I it's... dug this. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, I dug the idea that, you know, Joker ends up killing him because he snuck in a weapon. Uh, and they always like, oh, what are we doing? Penguin's like, okay, we'll cover this up. This never happened. We were never here. Um, and there's still some more to this. And the reason why Catwoman's so nervous about telling Bruce all this, uh, by the way, I'm, I'm just I'm on the page. The panel of the house burning and like Joker smelling the flames behind oh, him. It, Joker at the oh, bottom is fantastic. It really reminds me actually of that. I think it was the last uh, Hell Arisen cover. Mm. The Epting one. Yeah. Um, it yeah, reminds yeah. me a lot of that. Even just yeah. the panel at the top with the house on fire in the lake. Uh, just looks mm. really good, uh, but you know that, the reason why she's so scared of telling this is that the, the the big plan that she had, and it seems like the designer, if he's still alive and sort of coming back for revenge or whatever it is right now, the big plan she had was to actually steal from Bruce. It was to steal the Wayne fortune. That that was the big job, the big task. Which and it's worth mentioning that it seems like in the flashback she didn't know Batman was Bruce Wayne. This was something that was independent of her feelings for Batman. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she, she was wanted, just like Rob from the richest guy there is. Yeah, there, there is, and before they know it's hitting them, she's gone. Yeah, and yeah, so so it ends with Batman, you know, grappling down, you know, realizing that okay, he's the target. Uh, if something's going to happen, 
and that's it yeah i, I love this issue I, I feel like for me this was tining really establishing the mythology of what he's playing with and it felt like he's like no we've got this rich history all these gotham villains we're going to play with that a little bit um but no no because snyder always did this thing which i liked at first where he was doing the history of the city and the gates of gotham and okay this, this, these are the four families who built the city and the bridges and all that but it felt like it became he was too obsessed with it as the, as the run went on i like that Tynan's doing the history of Gotham, but he's doing the history of Gotham within the, the time span of what we think of Gotham from the the donate you know, the, the dawn of Batman and all the villains well, since then and it's the, the same kind of idea and concept of let's bake things into the foundation. Yeah. Whereas right. Snyder did this into the very foundations of Gotham City entirely. Well, and, and then it's gotten in with Snyder's gotten into the entire universe. Yeah. <laughs> with the Bat God and Barbatos and, and all that, yes. This is a, a lot more It's just, okay, though, the foundation of Batman. Yeah. Because what I like about it is that with the exception of Designer himself, obviously, because he predates all this, is that this, this world exists since batman and batman arguably is the reason why a lot of these characters exist it's not oh everything was destined to happen from the dawn of time because of the bat god right. no it's because no batman became batman and it triggered something in the citizens no. uh, you know in joker and so hey, on and so on there's, there's a word for that escalation oh yeah there you go good word yes <laughs> like, quote jim gordon at the end of batman Begins. yes yes you, you get you get you know body armor they, they get armor piercing hey, rounds uh, this guy I'll never. That might be one of my favorite moments sitting in a the theater when he pulls out that Joker card. Oh yeah, he's like, he's got a flair for the dramatic, like to wear war paint. I still and think like, it is the, the single best tease for the sequel of any comic book movie, including uh, the Marvel post credit scene. Yeah, well, Joe's yeah. Joe's so good about it is that. That entire movie is about okay. I mean, Raz is there, but he's kind of you know toned down, right? It's no, it's Batman versus the mob. It's versus normal things, and the whole end of that movie. Not only does it harken back to the end of Year One, because that also ends with Gordon at the bat signal, is that you know he he's like no no no, you became this thing, so there's going to be retaliation. There's going to be retaliation from the other yeah. side because of what you've become. So the moment, because I think there's there's a moment where he pulls out the you know uh, double homicide. Uh, Taste for the dramatic like you leaves a calling card. There's a split second when it cuts to the card facing down. We're like, what's this? What's this? And you see the playing card. And I think as, as a Batman fan, it triggers in your brain like a split second before he flips it. Because you don't have too much time to think about it. You don't have much time to really consider it. But it's a split second before he turns that you realize what it's going to be. And then you see the Joker playing card. And it's like, and I think what's so exciting about it is that you're like, what's a Joker in this world like in this batman yeah. world that they've just this gritty realistic batman and, world they've just set up what is the version of the joker that fits and here then, and then for nolan to completely nail it and stick the landing oh yeah like it's yeah it's one of my favorite movies Barnum, the dark knight wonderful like, so <laughs> i love how this turned into a let's no, praise like, the dark no, knight trilogy but, <laughs> but no but i feel like tynan understands that and that's what the story is right it's a lower key of yeah they're all kind of operating but they don't know what their potential is going to be. Like, they don't really know what Batman's going to do. And Selena even says that in the beginning of, like, it's weird to see the city having a new skeleton being built over the old skeleton. Mm. That's kind of what Batman did, right? I, he I, brought all of these maniacs to the forefront. I, I love early <clears throat> uh, career Batman stories. I, I love yep. that, that time of uncertainty when everyone's not really sure what he is yet. And, you know, I, that's why I love things like... Uh, you know batman the mad monk and the monster men and uh long halloween all these like you know first couple of years of stories where the villains were just starting to become into existence i love that period in batman's history um 
I, I, I almost wish there was like a, I mean, Legends of the Dark Knight was kind of this, I suppose, in a way, but like, I almost wish there was like a, like a planned like comic that was only meant to run for maybe a few years, but it was like, no, here's the first like few years of Batman's career. And not year one in the sense that like you're doing the origin right. again, just like set it right after he becomes Batman, here's the first few years of actual, you know, act of Batman duty. I get, I get why you want that. I think I prefer the idea of just every so often throwing in a story or a mini I get it, yeah. Rather than doing, okay, we're just going to do it run through. Because then well, later on, when you want to fit something in, <clears throat> you kind of have to. Yeah, it's like Tales from the Black Casebook. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you want. It, it's um, kind of like, you know what we've been getting in Hawkman recently with like the yeah. journal being like, hey, we can just do whatever we want. We'll do a journal issue. You kind of want that with Batman. Like, we'll, we'll just take I, a. Take I one think, of those. Connor, we might be the only people that want Batman to be more like Hawkman. <laughs> <laughs> That might very well be true. Yeah, I saw uh, Venditti teasing um, the next issue of Hulkman. Um, he's doing he's doing for Hulkwoman what he did for Hulkman with all the multiple lives stuff, and I cannot wait. I'm, I'm stupidly I was telling my shop owner it's my favorite. I think it might be one of my favorite books at DC right now. And he goes, "That doesn't have Superman in it." I go, mm-hmm. I, "I know, but it's hear me out." And he he tried to get me to read XO. A long time ago and i was like oh, no thanks it's good now yeah now i kind of want to go he goes kind of sounds like xo a little bit like in, in the grand you know storytelling i can you know? see where he's coming from yeah. yeah so from how i was describing it so but yeah i think we might be the only people saying like to whip this background to uh the book and <laughs> batman 90 <laughs> uh really really good this is like one of the most promising issues that uh, titans had so far and yeah. i i think much like his tech run, because not every issue of his tech run was like a home run. Like there's some were just kind of all fine, you know. Next issues, yeah. I think the some of like you know his run is better than the sum of its parts. Where there's enough building between stuff, the characters going through changes and setting the mythology for when the big thing happens later. That it feels like a really worthwhile run to read through. And I'm excited because I feel like his Batman's doing the same thing where all this establishing, even if, you know, one of the issues of the assassins attacking Batman and like, you know, Catwoman at the grave with that bad girl and March art may not have been gr- as great on its own, but it's all starting to feel like, okay, you're really building to something. I'm kind of. It's tying together in a nice yeah. way. Um, I really hope this run doesn't get cut short for, you know, because obviously that was a fear that we'd had for a while with, with 5G mm. stuff. Going to be like, oh, well, we're taking, get rid of Bruce and what's going to happen with this book. I kind of okay if we're not doing that, can Tynan just stay on it? Yeah, I, I don't think I'll think any like I don't think we're replacing Batman with anyone. I feel like Batman's still going to be Batman. I think it's, well, that's one of the things that's not changing though because of video. Yeah, I think I Jim Lee so. even made a comment as such that we're not aging characters off and shuffling them off to the side. Where yeah, his words. Yeah. Uh, so. No, really good, really good issue. I was uh, into it. And uh, are obviously, I think it was really solid, especially in the villains. Obviously, the Harley face at the start was a bit off, but... Uh, it's probably the only moment in the issue that I didn't like the art, though. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, Matt, what are you giving Batman 90? I'm going to give us a solid 8. That's, that's good. Good score, Connor. Yeah, straight 8 from me, too. Yeah, well, I'm going to go with just a little nudge higher. I would say 8.5. 8.5. Uh, I feel really, really enthusiastic after this issue. Uh, so that'll take us on to Justice League 42, Robert Vendetti writing, and Aaron Lopresti on the art. Uh, we, of course, ended last issue with Wonder Woman being held captive by Eradicator, and the Justice League were in the Scottish Highlands trying to, like, figure out what to do next with uh, Madame Xanadu. Uh, 
this kind of you know picks up right from there and uh we we their, their big plan ultimately is for madame zaidu to open a portal and this this isn't really revealed what they're doing till the very end of the issue yeah. but i think i'll just i'll say what it is so that we, we can sort of reference it as we go uh Basically, they open a portal and Flash super speeds around and makes all the Daxamites and the Eradicator chase him. And then the idea being that they're not going to realize they've went through a portal, so they basically teleport them all to a planet where there's no red or no yellow sun, rather. And therefore, they don't have their superpowers and the Justice League can take them on. Uh, pretty smart. Yeah, honestly, this is the perfect solution for this problem. Yeah. I really like the idea as well that, okay, we can't hide that we're going through a portal of some sort. So, you know, they, they kind of set up that flash is going to go hey i'm going to go change the timeline screw you guys catch me. <laughs> and so the, the the when the portal opens they just think this is the timeline you know this is yeah. going into the speed force yeah and part of it's just that he's going so fast that they're not going to take everything in you know like they're, they're too focused on keeping up with them to really get yeah, in because they are quite close yeah. There's some conflict between uh, uh, John Stewart and Batman over what to do uh, and Batman making some judgment calls uh, eradicator i mean He's, I mean, he's only just going to take the DNA from her rather than, like, sort of impregnate her, but he kind of gets creepy with Wonder Woman where he's like, oh, you have good DNA. I might use you to create a, a Kryptonian master race. Yeah. He's a, an Apex life form. Yeah. Uh, don't, don't say Apex. I don't want to hear a lot of Apex ever again. <laughs> I know. That's why I laughed when they specifically used that word. Yeah. Uh, so so that was going on. Um, uh, yeah, honestly, like, Vendetti's Justice League is continuing to prove to be a, an entertaining... Uh, romp, right? That, that's what yeah. I said. I mean, I was a little bit critical of the first issue. I wasn't necessarily feeling it completely yet. Um, as this went on, it's just been kind of fun. And yeah, I thought um, the art was a little bit spotty on some of the faces in this issue. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, yeah. I'm looking at one now. It's uh, it's Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman after they've crashed through the wall, and Superman and Wonder Woman both have faces that are just a bit off. Yeah, I think that's fair. I will appreciate on the Flash costume that the extra lines are there, but they're not actually coloured in yellow. They're just kind of... It's, it's as if they're just lines, you know, seams in the material. It looks better to me than normal. Yeah, I think they are coloured in when he's actually running. Um, but mm. I think they're not as strong. Like, they're not as bright yellow and they're not as thick. So coming off next to the, you know, the, the bands around the wrists and the waist, they don't look as bad. Yeah. So, no. Yeah, uh, Daxamites chase them. Barry runs off. Uh, takes them to the portal, and that's the big cliffhanger is them on the planet saying, okay, now you have no no super strength, or at least not to the same extent. Take us on now. Uh, so yeah, fun, fun stuff. Uh, pretty, pretty good, pretty good. Um, super with, quickly. And they brought in Xanadu, I was kind of hoping they're like, hey, we're going to need Etrigan. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, that was in the back of my mind. So when she started making portals and stuff, I went, oh, and then it was like, oh no, we're teleporting him to another planet. And, I appreciate um, this was a pretty logical outcome, and her being like, hey, you know, I'm not going to be the uh, the magic bullet you'd hope for against the Eradicator. It doesn't work that yeah. way against machines as easily. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did like that too, because when, when you can put rules on magic, right? You know? Uh, it stops her just waving her hand and being like, right, job sorted. It's still, right. I think we've got to come up with a plan that utilizes magic for the portal, but well, I mean, portals are more than okay yeah well no, i mean this is exactly the sort of thing that appeals to me where the solution didn't feel cheap it felt like no this is a logical solution that makes sense if you can just take them away from the yellow sun then the justice league can take them on like those you know that, that i mean maybe superman's weaker too but everyone else you know who has powers is now got the upper hand 
uh, and that that you know that could be good. So, because um, one of my biggest problems with Magic is when it feels like it's just making up things as it goes along. But this doesn't feel like cheap to me. It feels like no, no, this this is a logical solution to this. Yeah, and as much as I critique the art for a couple of faces, I think um, Lepresti's flash, especially when you know when running, looks better than any artist we've had on the flash yeah, in there's, there, months. There's that close up profile of him really pushing himself to uh, get to that point. Yeah, and it it's looks a really good. panel, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No, his flash looks pretty good. Uh, I'd say I'd say overall the art's good, but just not amazing. You know. Yeah. yeah. No. No, it's, it's 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 good for the most part, but like every like three or four pages, there's a face or two faces that look a bit off, and it's distracting, and that kind of mm. uh, it, it it ruins the effect a little bit. But it, it's still mostly quite good. It's kind of those little problems, you know. Right. Yeah. I'm right. that. Yeah. So and that was just like forty two. Matt, what are you giving it? I'm gonna give this a seven point five. Connor? No, eight. Oh. I'm not even eight. Sorry. <laughs> All right, eight from Matt, Connor. Well, I am giving it the 7.5. There you go. Yeah, that's right. I will also give it the 7.5. I think it's solid fun. Uh, but not a great book, but just solid fun. Uh, so, cool. Uh, which will take us on to the last book of the week, and that is Lois Lane, issue nine, Greg Rucker writing, Mike Perkins on the art. And can, do you know what my, my... I mean, this is a g- good issue. My, my takeaway from this, though, is how much I want Mike Perkins to do a Batman book, because everything with Batman and the shadows in this, I was like, yes, his art suits this so much. This, yeah. this is the first issue where I was like, Mike Perkins' art is damn near perfect right now. It's, oh, it's honestly... Because I think it's whenever he's in daylight or really realistic people and, and mm-hmm. buildings it can look a bit off that said though i will say this i do think just across the board this is maybe the best art of the, the series not that there's none of yeah. his usual problems but there was a scene later on with uh, lois and renee talking outside the the office of homeland security or whatever uh, yeah. and I, I thought his faces there have been the best his faces have been in the in the, yep. the book so far so that's true i do think that generally speaking he's, he's improved but the fact that the first half because the, the first half of the issue is Lois has sent Renee off to Gotham to look into this. Uh, oh, I keep forgetting the name of the new villain. Uh, Kiss of Death. Kiss of Death. Kiss of thank death. you. Uh, How are you forgetting that? It's so memorable. But she, so Renee goes to Gotham, turns on the signal, looks great. Batman shows up, and Renee's like, "Here you go." And it's just a note from Lois saying, "Hey, do your thing. Look into Kiss of Death for me, please." And Renee just waits. Uh, you know, yeah. The bottom of the note is that she's wait, she'll wait. Yeah, and we get like one hour, and we get to see at the airport uh, teasing uh, Jessica midnight, and that's cool. But yep. um, Batman comes back, and he's like, okay, there may be some sort of supernatural or you know whatever element to this that's unpredictable. The, yeah, yeah. Because the uh, the her deformity, there might be some occultish stuff there. Yeah. So you know, just kind of watch yourself. And, and she's like, "Well, because of the because of the lack of face." And Batman just, right. I love that panel. It's it's perfect pacing. It's just a panel of him staring at her, and she's like, yeah. "You so you want to say something like takes what to no one, don't you?" And he just sort of pauses and goes, "Yes." yes. And it's the, the smallest of smirks. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's good stuff. And then you know, like says, "Hey, she's got Superman for this, and then she's got you too." So you know, doesn't need me to do her, her dirty laundry. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so really good stuff um and i you know and i actually really like the cook because basically lois if you remember last issue uh the maid who worked at the hotel who who was replaced with the, the killer mm-hmm. with kiss of death was uh deported right so this issue lois looks into this and what i love well, about this not uh, deported detained detained sorry yeah she was detained she was picked up and detained and what i love about this is that i half expected that just to be kind of like okay that's a plot beat but lois is going to be too busy with the assassin to for that to be like something we continue with but no mm-hmm. 
you know, good on Rucker. He he has her follow through in this, where she cares about the fact that this person was was victimized uh, because of her, and her entire family was victimized. Yeah. Uh, and there's a great conversation here with Renee, where Renee points out that Superman and Wonder Woman and you know Martian Manhunter are all all technically undocumented refugees as well, right? They're all and but they get away with it because they're heroes. And Lois says that's not why they get a pass. And I lo- I love that beat. I love Lois saying that. Yeah, I yeah. thought um, Marsh Manhunter was a weird inclusion in that list. Yeah, but he can also look white if he wants to. He can, but right now he does go as as a black man, right? Well, and and that one book that was on his own. Has he ever done that in like Justice League or any of the continuity books? Yeah, I mean that's John Jones is is typically an African American man. Well, yeah, but but recently, have we have we seen him recently? I don't, I don't know, know, but I'm I'm under the impression that that was the case as of right now and it would be we'd have heard about it if that had changed right yeah maybe but i mean he's a shapeshifter so he can literally just look at him when he wants no, he could yeah. but he he chooses not to and, and that's why i thought it was a weird inclusion because you know two man and wonder woman it's like okay i get where they're coming from yeah i get the point of this and then martian manhunter kind of just it's like okay murky's it a little bit i feel like martian manhunter doesn't sort of get have the same public profile that others do which is also he weird doesn't. about it yeah um but yeah, you know, the point she's making is that the reason why Superman and Wonder Woman get a pass isn't because they're superheroes, it's because they're white. Um, yeah. yeah. And that, I mean, I thought that was quite a poignant thing to put in there. And this is what I was saying they are here. I, th- I thought the faces here, Renee especially, I thought across these few pages in this conversation looked really good. I well, agree, it's... although I'm a little, a little frustrated that still the best panel of it is still when she's a little bit in shadow uh, with the, sure. the caps covering it, right at the top of that page. Where, yeah. Uh, yeah. They're talking about that. She looks like uh, Michelle Rodriguez. A little bit. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, but like, and for that coming from her, where she's like, well, yeah, they get a pass. They're heroes. And it's like the look on her face, like coming from someone with immigrant roots, right? Montoya and whatnot. It's someone like, she doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah, I think yeah. it's interesting so, that it's it's Lois being the one that come on, you know that's not the truth. Yeah, but it, it, fit, it, it but it totally fits Lois's character that she's not going to let it lie. Like she has to expose no. it. She has to do something right. about it. Uh, it's, it's so into her character. So they go and visit her, and they actually get kicked out because they keep making contact. All, all I could think yeah. of it was Arrested Development. You know, early on in the, the show, where like no yeah. touching. <laughs> yep. When I like that too, it's because they 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 separated her from her husband. And her kids and like mm-hmm. Lois wants to console her because yeah. that's who Lois is and and they kick her and then she just goes on a cursing spree afterwards which I love um, yeah I, I yeah. love that I also love that she he's ta- either sailor yeah I, I, I love I love Renee calling her on her swearing thinking it was funny but I also what I really loved here is the way she talks about how no no her family were collateral because of me and then she sort of pauses and says I'm starting to sound yeah. like him too and I, I saw I saw a chuckle at that because it's like yeah that's how Superman kind of talks when he talks about people the, yeah. the only bit I didn't like was a start in that with nuts oh sure I mean I, I just didn't it just didn't sound quite right as as to what I'm used to as Lois especially in this book I mean that's fair yeah. I guess I, don't, I didn't really stick out to me but whatever it, it did for me but it, because everything else has been so pitch perfect that one word really stuck out yeah yeah, so it turns out there was a bit of a swerve where the whole... We got this early in the airport scene, but uh, the attack on the nurse when Midnight was leaving the the, yep. the nunnery or the hospital, whatever it was. Right. The convent. Yeah, the convent. Um, was actually a, a ploy. This was like a... The, the nun was in on it. It was a ruse. Yep. <laughs> uh, and she gets her hair cut to sort of look more what, she, what Midnight looked like before. Um, <sighs> and the end of the issue is her meeting up uh, with Montoya 
because they're going to who by the way has remodeled the hotel room <laughs> yep. yeah <laughs> under lois's uh request um so now we have these characters all teaming up uh and it's like hey you were a witch even if you don't remember it you were a witch so we're going to use you to catch this assassin uh and that's kind of what the the tease leaves off at uh so is anyone else upset? Don't remember that- her being a witch so I'm wondering if this is black magic creeping into Lois Lane. <laughs> I, I, actually, I think black magic is coming back later this year, like uh, May or June time. What a twist that I would be. Excited. Black magic secretly in continuity the whole time. Uh, what, what it a... is Portland. I mean, we don't have too many Portland-based heroes. What a twist, what a twist <laughs> it would be. Uh, now, anyone else upset this is ending in like three issues? Cause yes. I'm, yeah, that I'm was really it. Like, it's Rucka. <laughs> I said at the start that um, DC released the the solicits for this and Jimmy. The bit that I didn't say is they're actually teasing that maybe they'll do more because they they put out an article on the website and they went, hey, if you want to see more of these books, here are some hashtags. Please, please. And it was, yeah, like save Lois and it was like Jimberly Jimmy Olsen save or something, whatever the hashtags were. they're, They're actively promoting, hey, if you if you talk about this, maybe we'll do more. Honestly, like, yeah, I mean, at the very least, I want Rocket to stay on a book and do something at DC. Well, like, you're bringing Checkmate back and you're giving it to Bendis, so, hey, Bendis, throw him a bit of a bone. Like, yeah, l- let him do some Checkmate stuff, too. Checkmate like, is a concept and support multiple books. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I'm trying to look to see how she was... Like, I'm not, like, it. she is kind of Rocket's character. Like, he brought her up in Detective Comics. So if she says she's a witch, yeah. but I don't see any continuity right I, now. I'm I mean, I want. I mean, a continuation of this might be as simple as just another twelve issue miniseries. But, you know, it'll be Lois Lane something, yeah. or I mean, hell, you could call it Lois Lane the question if you really keep Renee around. You know, yeah. Or or he does a question book with Lois as a supporting character. Oh sure, yeah. That'd flip be it. an interesting way. Yeah. Yeah, flip it. Uh, oh, I, this is a great issue. I actually I really laughed at the end in the you know which is getting a haircut and and. So, oh, I love your accent. It's English. He's like, yeah. Where'd you get it? England. Well, that <laughs> yeah. makes sense. When you, I'm like, yeah, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> she's. Uh, I know hair people like that. Yeah, yeah, but I, I just laugh because it was it was so realistic. It just, well, the the, the it's, second it's the thing with hair just where they feel they have to have the the conversation going and, the, and they just cut with anything. The second question on its own would be fine, but she already said, you know, what's your accent? So English kind of covers it. Look, <laughs> it covers. Where'd you get it? England. Oh, oh, right. Well, that makes sense when you put it like that. I mean, how else would you put it that it, that yeah, it, doesn't, it, make it, it doesn't make sense? Um, yeah, also, when when they say uh, Jessica Midnight, the, the Black Queen's Bishop, mm-hmm. checkmate, I fist pumped. Of course like, you did. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, I'm excited. No, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Uh, I think Lois Lane is a book. I, I think especially in the last like three or four issues, like I think the the second half of the book's been even stronger than the first half. It feels like it, it feels like it really found its identity uh, in the second half, and yeah, but I'm really into it. So, uh, Matt, were you giving Lois Lane issue nine? I'm giving this one a nine. I really enjoyed it. Ooh, Connor. Uh, eight point five. But I mean, yeah. Yeah, I'll go with 8.5 as well. I don't know if I can quite go with a 9, but 8.5. So there you go. That is the last book of the week. Uh, I had had considered doing one of my Patreon books this week, but after last week's, like, 13 books that I had, I thought I'd take an easier week. It was a gauntlet last (laughs) week. Last week was a hell of a a time. Uh, So 
yeah, um, this is part of the show where we got our favourite, so we would do our favourite panel slash moment, favourite cover, favourite artist, top five books. Uh, so Matt, what was your favourite panel slash moment? So like there, there was a lot that I could have pulled from this week. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty, pretty solid week. But I'm going to go with uh, the Jay Garrick, Hope is Hard, from from the Williamson and Marquez story, because I just that really resonated. So yeah, yeah that's good. I think I'm going to I'm going to go with Strange Adventures. I'm going to go with the scene of uh, Adam trying to get Batman to investigate when he's just pleading with him. Here, take mm-hmm. take my take my laser gun, analyze it, check it, see if it's the same one that you, was fired. Go on. Mm-hmm. That's I, I, good. I love that moment. Connor. Pew pew. Pew pew. You went quiet there for a second for some reason, but it was, he did. that was a pew pew. Yeah. <laughs> oh, typical. Uh, no. Yes, pew pew. I loved it. Uh, all right, favorite uh, cover of the week, Connor. Oh, hang on. I need to look at some of the flash covers because <laughs> I, I forgot. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's a lot of flash covers. Um. And you got you got all the flash covers, and then you've got both the. The strange adventure covers and then there's a uh, an evely lois yeah, lane i this is hard it's very hard this is this is not fair this week no. how dare you dc i'm well, checking so- oh that is uh that del auto flash cover oh i like that one I'm there's into- like four flash covers that i really like yeah lois's cover is pretty good as well actually the main one uh yeah, and, and obviously both Doctor Strange covers are wonderful. Uh, I may have to go with the Shinner Strange one. Strange Adventures. Sorry, yes, yeah, Strange Adventures. I, I, I don't know. Um, he might be an archaeologist, but he is not a doctor of archaeology. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he went all episode. He was so close. Doctor Adam Strange. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll get a doctorate by the end of this, just so that I, I hope so. I would love that. And then he goes, no, still just call me Adam. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, how was this Justice League very actually? Let me just click on that. The Janin one. Oh, it's the Janin cover. Yeah, no wonder it looked good. Yeah. <laughs> it looks really good. Um, I think I'm going to go... Oh, I don't know. What was this 2000s flash cover? Let me look. Nah. The Apple one or the 2010s? That's the 2010s one. Which makes sense, given when he was doing flash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh... Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of flash covers to choose from. Uh, the J one's pretty nice. I think I'm going to go with the Doc Shane or uh, Stranger Adventures, though. I think overall, I think the pulpiness of that, because even though obviously you have the two covers that represent the two sides of it, which is clearly a big theme of the book, I think the yeah. pulpy one just feels like something we don't get as much of these days. Especially yeah. Shaner's so, so perfect for that style. Do you as know well. what my favorite touch in the alternating covers is on these two? Because mm-hmm. um, obviously they're they're very similar, and and that's the point. Mm-hmm. My favorite bit though is at the top where it says amazing science fiction and on Garrett's it's a question and on uh, Shane's it's a statement yeah. so it's got yeah. an exclamation mark that's a nice touch uh, I, I, maybe I'll just be weird for once and take the blank variant, that's my favourite cover it can be anything you want it to be <laughs> nah, I'm going with the Shane one go with the Shane one, Matt what's your cover of the week? so you, you already picked uh, Shane's Adventures so I have to go with uh, the Evely Lois Lane um, sure. as we all know yeah. what Evely drew oh yes, yes yeah, yes. um, issue eight. Wonder Woman issue eight. Yes, Connor. Uh, well, I suppose I should pick a flash cover then, uh, seeing as you've covered those. Um, I'm going to go with the Manipal one. 
I think it's a little bit different. A lot yeah, it's 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 very busy for Manipal. Mm-hmm. Like Manipal is but... more clean and, uh, but it looks nice. It's just... busy in a way that kind of works for the Flash because yeah. all this speed line and there's different versions of the Flash crisscrossing in the and background. Shout out to the Matina one, the '90s one. Uh, I like that one too. The Flash, so yeah. a lot of good Flash covers. Shouts, shouts yeah, shouts to that uh, Nicola Scott one that I picked up. Uh, that one's really classic. Yeah, that's yeah. the the '40s J one, right? Yep. It's interesting that Nicholas Scott, obviously, when she's been doing all of these celebration issues, has had the same format for all of them, with the mm. or just the, the lineup of costumes, and then this one's yep. just ah, it's just Jay. Yeah, I wonder why that why that choice was made. Spotlighted. Yeah. Odd. Well, because you, yeah. There's enough flashes to that... do a lineup, but it should have been Martin one. She she did do uh, the the Earth Two book though in New Fifty Two yeah. that had Jay in it. Mm. Yeah, he his his helmet wasn't nearly as cool though. I guess. Well, no. yeah. I guess. All right. Uh, all right. So uh, best uh, best art of the week then. Uh, so we have the Gerrards and Shaner combo for Strange Adventures. We have what Jimenez on Batman. Yeah, Honestly. There's, there's some Marquez. like yeah, but see the thing with Flash 750s you have to take collectively. Yeah, yeah, and um, there's Rosmo oh. in there. <laughs> and there's also Booth. There's yeah, also... Uh, and honestly, I don't think anything comes close to uh, Strange Adventures. Nah, I kind of agree. Strange Adventures is easily my pick. Yeah, you, you guys stepped all over my suspense building. So, yeah. <laughs> Shainer. Right. There you go. Easy peasy. I'm, I'm gonna say specifically Shainer's art. And see, I and... can't. Do, I, mean, I love both one, though. One, and... We don't do that anyway. And two, I think yeah. it's the way they complement and and are used for the different parts of the story that yes, makes I it know. really compelling. I know, but I'm I'm trying to create controversy. That's not going to create controversy, Matt. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. You guys already just did it. This isn't controversy. This is like Matt's being weird again. Someone take him for a walk. Uh... <laughs> Doing the walk. <laughs> uh, Matt, what is your top five books of the week? All right. So number one, Lois Lane. Number two, Strange Adventures. Number three is Flash 750, I think. Number four, Batman. And number five, let me see. Hold on. What was that? Yeah. Um, number four, Batman. Number five, Justice League. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Connor? Uh, Strange Adventures, Lois Lane, Batman, Justice League, and I guess The Flash. There you go. Uh, my number one is Strange Adventures. Number two is... Hmm. <laughs> I'll say Lois. I'll say number three is Batman. Uh, number four is Superman Villains. Number five is Flash 750. There you go. So, nice and simple. Um, not a lot of books to speak, but I will say I actually really like most of them. This was, this was not a week because sometimes we get a week where we only have five or six books and like you know, only like two or three of them and it's like oh, it's they're just... all pretty solid yeah uh, even Flash which you know I have been down on had a, even a, even the main story I thought was better than I had been for a while I mean, so. yeah like, I, I found Flash to be a mixed bag like, I think I gave that like a 6.5 yeah. so it was even my lowest book but I mean it wasn't a bad read like in the way that some of these weeks can be yeah so yeah they're a pretty strong week and I will tell you what is coming uh, next week in just a second when I actually click on the list uh, but yes uh, you know, we're getting close to episode 200 uh, we'll probably ask for some questions for 200 200 will probably be a nice meaty episode because it's 200 and we'll we'll celebrate accordingly that's coming up at the end of the month that's the last week of the month um, 
so yeah, coming out next week uh, from DC, we have Batman. Oh wait, this is this week. Uh, <laughs> next week. Look, look, look. It's been a hell of a weekend. All right. That's all I'm going to say. Right, so coming out next week, we have Batman The Outsiders issue 11. We have Batman's Grave issue 6. We have Catwoman 21. We have Dollhouse Family number 5. We have The Flash 751. The reason why that's so quick is because Flash 750 got pushed back a week or two. Uh, that's why it's uh, back to back like that. Uh, we have Green Lanterns season 2. Uh, sorry, Green Lantern season 2, not Green Just Lanterns. On that, I actually, um, we spoke about maybe a month ago that that was cut down to eight issues. Mm-hmm. Um, Liam Sharp was tweeting this week that uh, it's it's back up to twelve again now. <laughs> oh bloody hell! Just take, take... because why? Because Morrison said so. Maybe <laughs> maybe Daddy O leavings will put it back up to twelve. Like I give him the, the, the chance. Maybe. I, I don't know, but it's definitely uh, twelve again. All right, Hawkman twenty two is out next week. Uh, we also have do, 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 Superman twenty one. Terrific's twenty six is out. Uh, Wonder Woman seven five three, and finally Young Justice. Oh sorry. Oh, yeah, finally Young Justice 14. I was caught off guard by a second printing, uh, but that's all I'll say. Uh, so, so there you go. That is us coming out next week. Uh, I imagine at least one or two Patreon books next week as well, uh, because it is a relatively later week compared to some of the later weeks in the month. So there you go. Uh, that's what's coming. Uh, and with a bit of luck, we'll have solicits next week as well, uh, unless something delays those further. And who knows right now, given the you know the change over with Diddy leaving and whatnot. Who knows if that'll delay anything. But uh, that's coming. What's so funny, Matt? You're so looking, you're looking there, very... There's a Wonder Woman cheetah trade that's coming out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just clicked on it to see. Yes. And, and sure shooting. Wonder Woman number eight is in there. Close it so, is. So if you guys missed it and uh, want to... Well, it seems to be a pretty nice issue. Don't, trade. Don't buy Wonder Woman cheetah. And just read the respective runs. No, but it's got, <laughs> it's got stories from... Uh, William Walton Marston, who's the guy that created, you know, the one Roman. George Perez, Greg Rucka, Jeff Johns, Jerry Conway, Len Wein, John Ostrander, Mark Wade. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like Cheetah. What can I say? Yeah. Uh, by the way, if you're, if you're uh, in the UK or in Europe and you're affected by these digital price changes... Uh, you know, let us know on Twitter, you know, at DC Comics Podcast, how, you know, what your plan is, like, is it changing how you read your books? Uh, curious to hear from others uh, who are affected by this, you know, are, are you doing essentially what I'm doing is switching back to physical because it's cheaper again, uh, all of a so sudden. There are some people that, that don't want to go back to physical, they ch- they switched, maybe not for a price reason, yeah. just space, uh, and they just, maybe they'll well, cut back on books. I, I switched up for multiple reasons, um, but, like... I've always been tempted to go back to physical. I've dabbled in it from time to time. The fact that it's now the cheaper of the options makes it like, okay, well, that's a good excuse <laughs> if there ever was one. Uh, so I'm curious to, I'm curious to hear. Uh, but yeah, uh, so I will take this time to thank our patron producers for the month. Uh, so thank you to David Shaw, Alison M. Fordyce, Cindy Palacios, Tyler Hess, and Talking Superman. Uh, that means they're all patrons at the $20 or above tier. But of course, you don't have to support us that much. You can support us for as little as $1 per month at patreon.com slash mailfuzztv. Uh, you get some bonuses and outtakes. Uh, the wrestling talk that me and Matt do most weeks uh, goes up there for $1 patrons uh, as well as some other bits and pieces. Uh, $5 tier gets you early access to the podcast as well as previously in the multiverse. You get that a day early. 
uh, on the five dollar tier and occasionally there'll be a vote as well for something on uh, one of the shows usually previously uh, that'll go at the five dollar tier as well there's none right now we just had a couple of votes so it'll be a while before we have another one but that's where that goes in uh, if you're if you're curious uh so go and have a look and see if you want to support us uh, financially over there you can also support us of course by rating the podcast and apple podcast give us five stars and a review helps more people find us if you're on youtube you know like subscribe comment of course and your thoughts on the comic books all that stuff, all of it does help. Uh, helps us grow more of the audience. So, uh, yeah, go and have a, a look at all that stuff. Uh, and I mentioned the Twitter at DC Comics Podcast uh, for all sorts. Uh, and I mentioned uh, just there that episode two hundred is coming up. So if you want to send us some some questions or comments that you'd like us to read, we'll do like a sort of special episode two hundred little section uh, at the end of the month for episode two hundred. Uh, send your stuff. Uh, well, you could probably do it in Twitter as well when we get close to the time. But for now, use the email mftvquestions at gmail dot com. Uh, send stuff to there if you want to do anything for episode 200 uh, send it along there so uh, that is us that is that has been episode 197 of the show of Cards from the Multiverse we'll see you next week uh, for more books and shenanigans and everything else and Matt's uh, hockey updates and Connor's alcoholism uh, and well, yeah, last night was not a good night like I had a great night at the one of your show but <laughs> I, I, can start, I can start doing hockey. sports if you want. My my my, uh, my football team's doing great. We're on a 14, 14 game unbeaten record, and uh, is that with ties top, though? Top, top of the table. Uh, that's with a couple of ties, but we're yeah, we're, okay. we're top of the table now, huh? and uh, we're gonna we're, we're going for promotion. Ties don't count. Of course they count. It's unbeaten. No, they don't. It's not. It's not ties, a winning streak. Ties the the uncertainty principle, or no? Um, it's Schrodinger's cat. Like it's neither win nor loss. No, but it gives you a point and it it counts. Nah. Hockey has it figured out. One for, you get a point for for overtime, no matter what. Two for a win. Boom, done. Makes wins mean more, Connor. Wins still mean more. It's three points for a win, one for a draw. This next next batch of sales talk is going to be so meaty. It's going to be so meaty and juicy. There's going to be so many figures. I'm, I'm glad... I'm glad Connor agreed about the the goals versus points in that John story because, you know, I, I point, points are different. You usually wouldn't even say goals; you just do the score. Yeah, it's two to one heading into or two to nothing heading into the yeah. first break. Yeah. I you don't say points. It's not basketball. It's not, you know, and it'd be, it'd be like saying up by two points in baseball. No, you're up by runs. Yeah, you. you know? I think you you usually say oh that you know they're up by two rather than right. anything else after that. Yeah. So. Come on, Johns. You're, you're not hockey for a state of Michigan. All right. Well, that's the episode. Thank you very much once again for watching and listening. Uh, we always appreciate it. Keep reading DC Comics, guys. And remember to never get lost in the Speed Force. Now you have to decide who draws better, Shayner or Garrett's. <laughs>